When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to Knockin' Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company. Deep inside of a <laughs> It's Knockin' Doors Down. Jason Lachance here. I'm Mikey. Giving us a little bit of the chili peppers right there. And of course, uh, chili pips. Jason with background of addiction in, uh, in alcohol. Some codependency issues, of course, always seems to go hand in hand. Some childhood trauma, divorce things. I guess that kind of makes me a life expert in some of the fields we talk about because I've been there much like a lot of you, if not all of us. And, you know, Mikey. Luckily for me, I am an office expert, so I fit perfectly right into this episode. That's right. We talked to Andy Buckley, known as David Wallace, on The Office. What you talking about, Wallace? And this is a really great, fun conversation. Of course, you know, Andy, he was kind of uh, curious, like, I don't know what my adversity is, but, I, I, you know, talking with him, I really took out of it, and you'll hear it in the interview, is that, uh, you know, he made a bold career move, and he was uh, even really lost in life at one point on a, a direction to take. Yeah. And we all get there. You know, be it uh, if it's addiction, if it's relationships, if it's whatever it is, if it's wanting to make that bold move like he did, you know, he was doing decently as a, you know, in finance and stuff like that as an investor, but his passion was acting. And yeah. that opportunity came up, and he was bold enough to uh, make that move. Of course, his wife, as you'll hear, incredibly supportive of it. And she has a. Uh, background in the industry, still works in it as a uh, coach for a lot of a lot of big names in acting, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know I got a lot out of that. Plus the talk about you know we watch The Office, the fans uh, of us that are fans of The Office. As odd as the characters are, there's still a lot of deep love between all of them. Everything from the uh, all of the pranks and everything else, but he gets really in depth in how. That was what went on behind the scenes. Well, in nine seasons, I mean, you you you're bound to get close with, if not all of them, at least a few of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was weird to me, as you know, he'd talk about Dwight, but he would say Rain because Rain Wilson plays Dwight. Yeah. You know, he would use their fir- their real names, and I'm just like, oh gosh, it's happening. He knows <laughs> them. It was it was, just, it was surreal to be there. It was surreal, and he's exactly how you want him to be in real life. Like when you meet somebody that. That you watch on TV and then you see them in person and you you always kind of wonder how they're going to be. He is exactly how you would want him to be. He's just an overall yeah. good dude, like just really personable. You know, we're out drinking coffee with him, you know, just yeah. hanging out. Like I was drinking coffee with David Wallace on Friday. What were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, don't forget, we do have the 5150 energy drinks for sale at carlosvierafoundation.org at a discounted price. And of course, all the sales do benefit the three programs, the Race to Be Drug-Free, Race to End the Stigma, and the Race for autism and of course more on those programs and how you can qualify for a scholarship or someone you know and love we definitely encourage you to pass on the word so again that's carlosvierafoundation.org all right here we go mikey let's get to it so we were am i am i in am i on like am i on yeah a little bit closer andy a little closer bastards sons of bitches bitches. luckily my wife's coaching (laughs) you um 
It was, I actually had a test yesterday morning. I was terrified. I, I was around some people last week, like Thursday, that weren't wearing masks and just, just for like, I don't know, 20 minutes. And I, the people I was around Sunday, we were, we were definitely distant. But then Monday I did this thing. It was, it was fantastic. It was a last minute phone call. Someone canceled, which is generally how <laughs> I get things. D.L. Hughley had to cancel. I don't know if it was related to his health COVID thing when he fainted, but that was that was like a month ago, so maybe not. But anyway, he had to he had to cancel, so I got a last minute call in the morning to go do like a virtual golf thing. Oh, um, on on Twitch. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. and I mean, and it was crazy. It was me against uh, Cedric the Entertainer, who was gosh, what a nice guy! Like he couldn't be a nicer guy. And uh, it was so we played nine holes on this virtual uh, thing. Uh, and, uh, and and it was for Twitch and an insurance company, American First. American First Insurance, folks. They uh, <laughs> they sponsored it. And, um, and it was great, but it was crazy. It was like last-minute call. I'm like, okay, it's great. But during part of it, during the, the bulk of the golfing, like we would be away, you know, he'd hit and I'd sit, he'd hit and, and all that. But then like there was, you know, a good 15 minutes in there where we were, you know, and we were very conscious of like at least doing this, but near each other and um, like without masks on. So that was Monday morning, no Monday afternoon. Tuesday night I was really tired. Wednesday night I was really tired and like achy and my oh, and, crap. And, I, and I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> my mask? And, no, and I'm like, oh crap. So yesterday I went to one of these places um, where you can, and it's amazing. It's an urgent care place, and you can get a, a rapid test like i found out in 20 minutes you just have to pay you know five thousand dollars no but it was like no but it was because i knew you guys were coming it was like 100 and um 125 bucks i was like i got i like i gotta get these guys and tell them before they get on the plane if like something happened um i don't know if i can swear swear you have carb launch i can okay i'll try not to but my i that's if i as a parent if and it's funny a friend of mine said this to me years ago like the one thing I wish I didn't do, like one of my best friends says, is swear in front of my kids. Unfortunately, I did not heed that advice. And <laughs> so now when my son swears, I'm like, come on, Benny, stop. He's like, oh, yeah, Dad? So, uh, I get the same yeah. thing. My daughter, sometimes she's, uh, she, she's, about, she's about 11 and uh, recently, well, I just heard you curse, Dad. I said, yeah, but your dad does it rarely. And when I do, it's with purpose. Yeah. Uh, you know, I use it because it means something, not because like, it's a filler. Yeah, my dad. Well, once uh, you pay the bills, you could say whatever you want. I'm just like, mm, I can't really say shit. Well, that, that shit mean, sounds can't unpleasant. Can't really say poop to that. You know, that's, like, that's uh, a point. I get it. I know. I got to come up with a good comeback. <laughs> <laughs> both my kids, my both my kids, my wife and my dog are much smarter than me. So I, well, I'm, uh, out, I'm outsmarted. Right. So the, the test came back. So ne- yeah, negative. I'm sorry. Oh, negative. Okay. Yeah. Thank goodness. I was so like, so out of my seat getting oh, ready to leave. Did I not mention? No. And it was so funny because the about guy. A cliffhanger. I was, I was like, like as if I had just won the Masters or something, you know. So uh, yeah, that that's the test negative. Thus we are yes, sitting here, we are here with here, Andy yeah. Buckley, of course known as David Wallace, from the Office. What so, you talking about, what, Wallace? There we go. <laughs> we yeah. are big fans, Wallace so. uh, and Grummet. <laughs> so and um, let's talk about Andy a little bit, bit the kid, because I'm always interested. In, uh, my correct, you ended up at college at Stanford and things like that. But what? Uh, yeah, but you didn't even major in in acting, is what I understand, though. No, right? um, no, I went. It was in, like I, my older brother was there. Um, it's, I always find it's, uh, it's funny, uh, 
My dad was a, it still is. He's, he's, he's getting older, but he's, he's still alive. Um, so it was a really smart, smart guy and, uh, and thoughtful guy. He, uh, he had played college basketball in the Ivy league. Um, and we're from, you know, Boston. And, uh, but my older brother was a quite a, quite a good athlete, specifically a, a quarterback. And I was a very good golfer relative to the, most people. And my folks also like the warm weather, but he, he thought we got to move like either to Florida or like Texas or California. And Florida was the, was the easiest one, uh, come from Boston. Uh, so that a, I, the advantage of getting to golf year round, he thought maybe I'd end up being a pro golfer and, um, or at least getting, you know, far along in the golfing world. But and then specifically with Fred, uh, my brother, football, like, you know, it's, uh, there's certainly competition in yeah. the Northeast and everything, but if you really, I, generally the, the best athletes are, are the guys in the Southern belt, you know, yeah. for, and, unless there's that fluke, right. incredible player, or if you're a hockey player, <laughs> basketball players can come from anywhere because yeah. you're playing inside, but you know, so we moved down there uh, for that. Um, and so then Fred actually ended up going to Stanford also. He was pretty, like a very highly recruited quarterback in, nice. in high school. And he ended up starting uh, there, I guess, his junior and senior year. He started like about 14 games, I guess, seven seven or so each of the last two seasons. And uh, it was always, you know, I always thought he should have started, but he wasn't. And then the starting guy went down, and then he, and then he started the rest of uh, both of those seasons, which was, uh, which was great. And then had a brief tryout with the Raiders. And after about a week or two of running the scout squad, he was like, I'm going to get killed. (laughs) Howie Long just like, he said, had I not ducked, he would have literally like ripped my head off with just his forearm. Um, You know, this is 30, 30 years ago or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so then I went there. uh, I was there when he was there, but uh, yeah, in golf my freshman year, I had had one one big uh, good season golfing between junior and senior year. And, you know, there was so not nearly as many great golfers as there are in the world. They'd laugh at even me requesting an application today. You know, it's just, there's just so many smart kids in the world. But what did you major in while you were so, there? So, yeah, so I majored in um, a thing called physical education. No, no, I was, uh, <laughs> no, uh, political science, which okay. was, which at the time, at Stanford at the time, was about, as clo- was about as close to the easiest major. I realized, like, wait, I had taken a bunch of classes because I was interested in it and in history and government and all that. And, you know, by the end of my freshman year, I was like, wait, I think I have, like, three more classes to go and my major's done. I guess I'll be a poli-sci major. But it was great. I did, I did, I did uh, a fair amount of plays the first few years there. And, and uh, I did take a semester off or a trimester. They're on a, a quarter system and mm-hmm. uh, came down here and uh, started, like, trying to get acting parts uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, one year. Did luck into my SAG card like right at the tail end of that, which is great because wow. that's such a tough thing to get. Yeah, yeah, because people don't really have an idea of how that even works because it's kind of it's crazy. You, you got to get got to get the audition, but it's a SAG only audition, which you can't do the role until you get your SAG card. But you can't, you know, it's like this really screwy. System. It's the whole union getting in the union thing. Oh. Yeah, um, it's I mean it's kind of like any union, you know, whether it's a Teamsters or you know tool workers, you know, a- any sort of a. Uh, unlike some of those, if you're a nephew, blah, 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 you could maybe get in sort of thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Although it's, I guess you could, if you're someone's nephew, you're going to get in the SAG uh, that, you know, that has the power to do that. Generally, it's like, you know, you'll get in a commercial and they'll give it to you because you're the right look or or, uh, or you're on a set and somebody gives you, a, you know, literally, I think one line does it. Um, in my case, it was a... Uh, it was an old. It was great. It was really fun. It was a. It was an old uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents when they were redoing those. Yeah. Back in uh, the eighties, 
and uh, Tim Burton directed it. Oh, it was wow. like awesome. Yeah, he had, he had directed um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but it was before everything else. And I mean, I got so lucky. It was a late Friday afternoon. There were supposed to be four of us to go in and audition for him. Two guys didn't show up, so it was like me and another guy. And right before he went in, I like kicked. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> get no. your little ass over here. <laughs> but Tom. yeah, listen. But no. But uh, you know, they hired me thinking I think maybe thinking I had uh, I had my SAG card. But it was great because they're like, oh wait, he doesn't have a SAG card. Well, it's too late. You already offered him the job. You gotta, you know, and it's like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty easy to to fill it out. But um, I'm sure there were. You know, countless people that could have done the part, but you know that that's how it worked. So, so I got in. Um, Sometimes but a lot of it's just dumb luck. It's it really is. It's, it's uh, yeah. So much of it is that, and it's. Uh, I'm still I mean, waiting to find my dumb luck. I was walking <laughs> up and down Hollywood Boulevard last It'll night. It'll show nothing. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah. Uh, Gary Gary Player golf quote for you folks. <laughs> I'm sure other people have said it too. Well, and it kind of goes back to that, uh, what is the definition of luck? Uh, it's uh, opportunity. Preparation, preparation and opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. And, and, and it's funny because that, that's kind of where, like how I ended up, um, I know the theme is, is, you know, overcoming adversity. Like, I, you know, yeah. I, I don't have any horrible, uh, you know, s- terrible story or I didn't have a, you know, alcohol or drug problem or anything like that um, and fortunately it doesn't sound like you had any situations of quid pro quo which has happened in hollywood and a lot of scenarios yeah yeah no um nobody wants that with me. <laughs> total disappointment um <laughs> so, so i've heard no um countless times but, countless. no but the, my wife settled all right this is, this is, this is, this will do uh, it's the best i can do yeah <laughs> You know, um, um, no, but, but, um, but, but yeah, it was funny. Cause so like, I guess I meandered around in my twenties and stuff without a, a great deal of a uh, direction per se. And uh, somewhere along the line, my motivation kind of waned for whatever, whatever reason. Um, you know, but I, you know, but I, I, I did study acting and, and my, you know, right after college, I finished college, um, did plays there, went, you know, played in a, a terrible drummer in a, in a college band that was otherwise good except for the drummer. And, uh, <laughs> and that was Huey Lewis in the yeah. News. And that, I was Pete, the Pete Best of Huey Lewis in the News. And uh, look it up, kids. Yeah, right. Who's Pete Best? The Beatle. But no, and, and uh, you know, and then so finished, moved to New York, studied acting. And, you know, really studied it and, and, and not, not at a place like Juilliard or one of those places, you know, like an actual school, but with a guy who taught it. Um, the neighborhood playhouse, one of the places, a guy named Bill Alderson, who was fantastic and studied voice with this guy from Juilliard. And, you know, so I sort of cobbled together a little program of uh, my own, I guess, and learned a fair amount, did some small plays there, then came out, you know, nothing of any great note, came out here, you know, did, worked early on and then for a little bit, like the first year or two. And then, yeah, and then I don't know, I don't know what, I just sort of lost something, focus lost. Yeah. You know, it's easy to sort of just get, not even if you're not in some crazy crowd or whatever, it's just like Los Angeles is a place that can sort of swallow you so, up. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. We were talking about that on the way down is that this place can be incredibly unforgiving. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and you, uh, you know, years go by yeah. and you're like, oh shit. So what were you doing in the midst of that time? Were you just so, not auditioning? Were you weren't keeping up your chops? I was, I was probably not keeping. I certainly wasn't keeping up my chops for for a few years. Um, and then I was, and I was going out on auditions, but it's sort of that, 
it, it was that whole thing of I had I wasn't focusing on the right things. So, which gets which ju- you know jumping ahead to when I finally actually auditioned for the office, the preparation and opportunity thing, um, that thing. Um, <laughs> no, but I wasn't like I, I was going in to auditions, and this would be say in my throughout the bulk of my twenties for the most part. I'd, I'd go in and like, I wasn't really excited about the, like, the acting part of it, which is really like what I, I mean, that's what I'd love to do. I'd, right. I'd love to act. Yeah, auditions suck. People don't even understand if you've never done one. They, I know some people thrive on it. I was terrible at them. I was horrible at them. Which is what I uh, kind of was during that time. And you kind of walk in and n- now I love it. Really? And have loved it for a long time. But during that time of, uh, of my lost 20s, if you will, yeah, I wasn't making the choices of what the scenes are about and all that. And I just kind of go in hoping that someone hires me right. and the desperation and, oh man, shit, if I get this, I'll get to work with blah, blah, blah. And, right. You know, instantly you walk in the door and, uh, you know, no one, they, they smell it. Um, we, it's funny during, during that time, my wife and I, we, we wrote and produced this movie and we were in the movie and, uh, she used to act, she hasn't acted in, in like 20 years. Um, and, uh, and that, God, I love that. It was fantastic. And like that whole process and it, you know, it was a semi-legitimate, you know, no, it was like a legitimate right. little sweet little romantic comedy that we sold around. I mean, we got very lucky with, uh, the people in it and, and Dr. John, like old, you know, Dr. Yeah, yeah. John, he did the score cause he was, a, he was, I mean, frankly, like old, you know, drug buddies with the guy that produced, us, <laughs> produced it with us in the seventies. Nice. Um, he was like, "Man, let me let me call Mac, Mac Rebenack, the great Mac Rebenack, who passed away about a little over a year ago." Hugh Laurie, who I'm working on uh, this show with now, as a as a magnificent like New Orleans jazz style piano player, and got to and that's his hero. I got to play with him once. He said, "Oh, that was the greatest night of my life," and it was uh, he was it's a sad day on the set when. When yeah. Dr. John passed away, he's like, ah, oh, sad couple of days. But it was fun because I was able to, like, give him the score. Like, hey, Hugh, he did the score for our movie. Here's, come on, man. Right. Nobody, nobody's <laughs> heard this unless, you know, the people who've seen the movie. But it was, uh, but, it, but anyway, that was, I, I love that. That was fantastic. And it was, uh, it's one of those things. So that was in uh, 90, 98, 99. And uh, it came out in 2000, like, on video and the Lifetime channel and, uh, I think Showtime then picked it up and we sold it overseas and, and all that. But then right around that time, I was like, eh. my wife, <laughs> who had started teaching at the time, was like, Buckley, you got to come up with like some other sort of a life. This is just not really, you know, because it, it, was, uh, it wasn't swingers and I didn't become, you know, <laughs> right. Vince Vaughn or, or whatever. There's no beautiful uh, babies in this one, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was not as money apparently as Favreau. I was going to say, uh, Fav- what's Favreau? That's Favreau and money. Ron Livingston, and yeah, I mean, a bunch of people were in that. So you kind of came into a real pivotal point. So that was kind of yeah, it was kind of it was uh, it was really you know yeah one of those, and I just completely changed my whole. Uh, so at life. this point, you and the missus are married. Kids we're, yet? No, we're not married. We're not married. Uh, yet. Okay. We're we're dating, or I guess we're living together. She wasn't necessarily so gung ho about getting married. Um, I think in general and specifically to me, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, it, into it, huh? but in ge- I did, you know, <laughs> so yeah, so she, she said, yeah, you, you gotta, this just, you gotta just, you should just not think about acting for a while and just get it like a job that will, instead of these temp jobs that I would do and, and, um, you know, and it was honestly, it was like crazy. I was still getting like some help from my parents and, and I'm like 30 something years old, which Many people, you know, like that's, yeah. you know, whatever. But like, uh, I'm sure that's something that doesn't help your motivation. 
Yeah, that's um, a bit of a crutch. Yeah. And, and so it's, uh, I don't know if I should be embarrassed or ashamed of that or whatever. I don't know, but it's, 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 it's probably better I, not. I think you'd be ashamed if you were yeah. still doing that shit now. I, I, get, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I finally woke Everything up. Everything worked out. Welcome to the house, guys. My parents bought this yeah. whole thing. Yeah, that would be. No, this it was funny. Wait a minute, Annie. So the parents bought this house? No, no, no. no, no, no. The but, lying game and uh, Alvin and the chipmunks. <laughs> And I guess the uh, originally the office. Yeah. Allison Jones is really who she's the casting director for the office. Right. Uh, she's, uh, she's awesome. Uh, technically, she's she should have her na- like an asterisk on the, on, her, on this. So you kind of came to a, a, so, a put up or shut up kind of moment with yeah, yourself. Very much, yeah. And it was sort of that thing where, uh, and and I don't know if I necessarily realized it at the time. Like, oh crap, this is because you, you don't know that you necessarily realize it. But yeah, you meander around, you meander around, and then you hit like you know thirty. Or, or uh, in my case, 45. No. Um, no, what was I? I don't know. It was in, no, it was, it was 30, 31, 32. I guess I got, just got to completely change everything and come up with something different. Because I hadn't quite fully said no to, like, oh, I, I can't quite say no to acting completely. So I was thinking, oh, I, I can't go. Like, I thought of getting a job at a studio. Like, mm-hmm. oh, should I go and just start answering phones at a studio and... And like I love movies, and I love you know all, all of it, and and uh, and so I couldn't quite say yes to that. Uh, luckily, and then I was thinking about actually like get, just working for uh, someone who would get houses, fix them up, and sell them because that was always an interest of mine um, that I've never necessarily acted on. But uh, <laughs> I, I always loved that idea, and I ran into a buddy of mine who used to do that, and he had, he was working at Merrill Lynch at the time, oh, an nice. actor, an actor buddy of mine. And uh, he's like, oh, man, no, he says, it's, you should come interview at least. It's, uh, you know, I'm in at six, I'm out by one. In his case, he was still auditioning and everything like that. And I wasn't necessarily thinking that that was going to be what I was doing. But uh, my dad had been involved in the stock market for many years and uh, when he was younger. And although I knew nothing, that was the funny thing. Like I literally, he had done it. And uh, I, I really knew nothing about it. I had friends who after college, that's, you know, what they did. And so I, uh, so I was like, all right. And I went in and. And it was fantastic. Like the, the first guy I interviewed with who ran our office, Dick Valentine, great guy from Texas, uh, like explained everything to me. I knew nothing. And, and so the thing that was kind of neat about that was um, on all my subsequent interviews, like he gave me the answers that I needed for like all the uh, questions. <laughs> like, well, as I understand it, Merrill Lynch is blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, and uh, jump ahead, he, you know, they end up hiring me and I end up in his office and the guy couldn't, couldn't have been nicer and you know, as were a couple of my mentors in that uh, office there in Century City. And I loved it. I mean, it was crazy. Like, that was it. Like, I was in the office every day at six, and I'd, you know, I'd always I'd try to be uh, at least one of the first guys in the office and, and just was answering phones, and you study, and you pass your tests, and uh, uh, which I, I, you know, weren't particularly hard, but um, they would always joke, you know, if you get more than a 71, you've overstudied. Like, that was the big <laughs> joke in the office, because that's 70 is passing. Um but uh, I, you know, I didn't want to fail, so I actually studied quite a bit. But, um, but no, and, I, and it was great. And then eventually, you know, you get clients. This is in 2001. I started there in November of 2001, so it was, it was after 9-11. And so, like, for the next four years, like, that was, I mean, I, shit, I, I loved it. It was yeah. great. Yeah. And eventually, you get clients, and I was sort of the reluctant, you know, pursuer of clients um, in the sense that, like, you really shouldn't listen to what I have to say. <laughs> Five months ago, I was trying to get a part on, you know, what, who's the boss, or you know, yeah. some, you know, CSI Miami. 
and I don't know what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, after a couple of years of, of you get enough clients that they don't fire you and, and, uh, and then you start to re- kind of understand what you're doing and, you know, you bring in sort of the senior guys if you, if you actually have a meeting with like a potential actual client. Yeah, I don't know anything, prospect, but, uh, you know, yeah, Craig here knows what he's talking about. Yeah, so I was doing that and it was great and we did. We got married and we had, our, we had Benny, our first son, and Nancy was coaching a lot like one-on-one there's it's a zoom thing in there oh, now but yeah, yeah, nobody, nobody comes thing, here yeah. but that's generally that's that's where everybody uh everybody comes and um so she was doing that a lot and uh and it was like my whole life had changed like i was like this like adult if you will right or, like i had a you know like a job and or career if you will and actually enjoyed it quite a you know quite a bit and um you know the office was great but just the the people and the clients and yeah, you can actually, uh, you know, you can actually make a difference in people's yeah. lives if they uh, choose to actually, you know, go with your partner's suggestions. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's something incredibly, you know, rewarding that, uh, you know, like for us with ours, it's, you know, we're starting to get to that point where we're having people, man, that made a difference or that made me laugh. And when you're doing it and it's people's pocketbook in their future, you know, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. It's I huge. mean, you guys it's, have a whole mission here, yeah, uh, yeah. obviously, and, and it's... Um, I mean, it's great, and if you have that behind you, I mean, that was the yeah. changing my life. I went sure. from like meandering, and was, I mean, it was primarily like listening to my wife, and you know, who's not always right. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know, she's. <laughs> we won't tell her know, that. She's, sometimes she changed her life like that. Actually, I mean, she right. was uh, an actress going around, uh, you know, trying to trying to act, and and really studied it. Uh, she studied it much more than I did. She studied. With a, and that's how we met in the class of a, a guy that I studied with out here for about a year or two that she studied with for 10 years, who's the, the big mucka, as they, as they say. <laughs> Larry Moss is this guy's name, like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire and Hilary sure. Swank thanks him when she wins Oscars. And, you know, he was, uh, and it was during that time in the 90s that we were, we were I was studying with him and, and when we met. And she's now kind of becoming that. She's had... Awesome. Coach Jared Leto when he won his Oscar yeah, for uh, the Dallas Buyers Club, right? Yeah, I love that movie. You know, Channing. She's been coaching Channing for who couldn't be a nicer guy. Just couldn't be a better guy. And that's um, a, such a, you know, people that aren't actors that don't understand in doing some of the, the workshops and the things to it. So to get to that mental and emotional state in a lot of settings is, is such a challenge, you know? And, uh, and they, yeah, and they got, I mean, especially like him and, and she's got, you know, the female equivalents of him, you know, who are starring in movies or starring in the show. And, like, they have to have the confidence of, all right, I know what I'm doing. Because she's not on the set with them. She prepares them and then, you know, off they go. Um, fly, that's what fly. I was going to ask. So a co- she she doesn't go on set with them. Do no, any coaches do? She, uh, that- some coaches do. I think for the most part, I mean, she does occasionally a little bit here and there. And, uh, but... For like a just a sort of a, a couple of people, but for the most part, like it's in there. Gotcha. Or she'll a couple of people should go to their house, but um, and she'll prepare them whether it's you know they work for two months before the movie starts, sure, or sure. if it's a TV show, they'll just keep working. Right. Out this like Mandy Moore is one of her people on This Is Us, and okay. so like she'll every week when that you know when they're filming, yeah, yeah, she yeah. would come over and Nancy would have studied the script and gone over the script, and so then they would work on. Uh, Mandy scenes or you know and get her ready for the the coming week got you um you know Jennifer Aniston is another is another one um 
who's you know both both Mandy and like it's so funny that everybody who comes out like they're just awesome they're yeah. just so nice I mean it's Jennifer Aniston you know she's she's great like <laughs> she seems Nancy great generally goes I saw to her, her house but she's and she's just like funny as heck yeah. and, and you know really sweet and like she was talking to Benny the other night Nancy was coaching him and you know Benny happened to walk in and she said no wait let me talk to Benny or talk to Benny because they were Nancy and her were talking about the script of um the like the morning show like I don't yeah. know which one but they're still, they're supposed to start filming in a few months and so they're doing getting the scripts ready and uh and it was it was Nancy was I wasn't there but Nancy was just saying like she was great with Benny talking to him about something he was trying to figure out some girl he liked <laughs> and, uh, you know which is which is a good little you know you get you get Rachel yeah, you yeah. know advising like, you on dating it's like wow you're so good at dating yeah. Benny how yeah. why is that well yeah. Rachel from Friends yeah, exactly you're making shit up no no I'm telling you the truth so she'll be on the set with her with uh, Jennifer sometimes and I, and I'm like. She, I've maybe met her, you know, five times. Like, sure. I, you know, it's a, uh, it's a very, very. Um, she couldn't, you know, she's great every time. Channing, we've got, you know, like, we've known him since before, like, step up. So Nancy oh. was coaching him. So it's been wild to see him, you know, we, skyrocket. You know, just like go from, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he had a little part in Coach Carter, and then they start working, and then just slowly over time, and oh, Coach Carter, and, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He had done, he had uh, done that, and. Uh, and and he's literally he's literally like the same guy mm-hmm. today that he was then. And right. Just, anyway, she made the change. Uh, made a change uh, yeah. also before I did. Really, like she had. She decided to like. All right, I guess. Um, and you know, she listened to some of her uh, mentors, and she loved acting, but it wasn't her calling to actually right. do that. And her calling is clearly like coaching these actors. You know, and I mean, it's she loves to. The craft of acting, mm-hmm. um, and and is a, is very smart and can analyze a script and a character and all that stuff, and is a great communicator with, you know, like Sean Penn's a spectacular actor, Daniel Day Lewis, all those guys. They may not be the great coach. They might, I don't right, know, they might, right. but and so she had she had made that shift to just you know coaching and uh, was doing other jobs until her like the coaching built up so that suddenly she could uh, just do that. I can imagine that would be rewarding, though, you know? Like, it's almost kind of, you worked with this person, then you see them, and then they win awards. You know, it's like a tutor. I'm studying oh. you for a test. You pass the test. I mean, he, I mean, it's crazy. Like, you know, when Tim McGraw was in Friday Night Lights, the movie, yeah, like, yeah. She, he hadn't, you know, he wasn't an actor, and she worked with him, and he was, God, he was great in that. Or yeah. Patton Oswalt, she's worked with him a lot. and Love Patton Oswalt. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, an- you know, a- another good guy. And, and every one of them, uh, they're all super hard working. Um, I always use Channing and that's uh, such a Margot it, Robbie as an example. Yeah. Like that's she's another. She's been working with her um, for about a, I don't know a year or so before Wolf of Wall Street. They're, they're I mean they all work their tail off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know to to because it's there's always the next one. Sure. Who you know another great actor, beautiful young great actor. You know whatever it is yeah. that uh, you know maybe want you know that wants your job or whatever so that initial success is one thing that continual success is an entirely different beast it's you gotta keep it's it's great in anything in, in anything. anything yeah like i mean lebron james has got to work his his, yeah. his tail off because steph curry or whomever i don't even know who the kyrie you know yeah, Ky- yeah kyrie yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. you know and and it's uh i mean you just always always have to she had a conversation with uh michelle pfeiffer once she was talking sure. to her and she's like Michelle Pfeiffer was talking about how she's oh are you kidding like she how 
hard she has to work to keep getting jobs. Oh, yeah. And you just kind of laugh like, wait, you're, what are you talking about? Like, this was, this was years ago. And like, wait, Michelle Pfeiffer said that? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You know? And then, like, Steve, but Steve That's said that to really me. really discouraging for up-and-coming actors who haven't gotten anything yet. Michelle Pfeiffer is still fighting. It's like, oh. Yeah, no, isn't home. it crazy? <laughs> Steve, said, Steve said that to me once, too, on the set, uh, Carell, early on. He's like, oh, man, you got to, you got to. Give it a thousand percent, you know, every, every, every time, because you know you're you can be. It was kind of funny. He said, "You know, you can be kind of fired. You can be fired at any time," um, which was his men, you know, his thought yeah. process. But you know, this was like the second or third year into the office, so sure. he, he wasn't sure. getting fired. But but still, it's uh, but it's a shitty business, and you know, you have some uh, executive at the 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 network that all of a sudden goes meh. Well, that show doesn't align with what we want for our advertisers, so and we get it gets ratings, but goodbye. Yeah, it's you know, really uh, the, the the wind can blow quickly. The wind can blow quickly. It's with wild. anything, but but with acting, it it really is. So let's go back yeah. though. You're at you're at so I'm Merrill at Merrill Lynch, Lynch, and I'm there, and I'm loving it, and uh, get married. Uh, Benny's born. He's born. He's born in August of uh, '05, and Nancy had started teaching her acting class, not just privately, but her an acting class in the spring before that so she had been going for uh, i guess four or five months or six months or whatever of, of her class which i was going to because yeah. she had started it there were like seven or eight people and i was like okay oh, it's another body it'll make it look and um and, and so this is my, my joke i always tell channing was also in the class and mm-hmm. you know he, he was a slightly more popular scene partner <laughs> than the coach <laughs> and the teacher's husband um and uh but no, but yeah, so, uh, so I was doing, I was in the class and it was, and I was loving, be, you know, doing that. And I mean, I was, you know, I was still just uh, going to Merrill Lynch and had no illusions that I was going to act or anything like that. It was just really a lot of fun to do. So I was rediscovering uh, my love or passion, if you will, uh, of acting. And it was just great. It was a lot of fun. Um, jump ahead to October of uh of that same year oh five so benny's like six weeks old and i bump into allison jones like six blocks from here over uh, on larchmont on the, the sunday market and uh she was one of the if not like the only but one of like maybe you know a couple of uh, casting directors that would try and hire me during when i was trying to do it um you know before that and uh she's like what are you doing buckley what's going on and she's from boston like we're kind of yeah. buddies and uh it's like ah you know I'm she said married. you say it's mad wicked good to see you i know yeah she's like, well, I'm, i just got back from dunkin donuts i got you a regular and a <laughs> but she so she um i'm like i'm you know married i i got i you know we got a son i'm i work i'm like a stockbroker i've apparently become an adult yeah um She's like, wow, that's oh, that's great, you know. Would you? And she's like, would you ever want to do something? And I said, well, I mean, hey, if it's in town, it might be fun. And it's, um, you know, like I have this, I have clients and everything, so I can't really, you know, do a lot. And she's like, all right, all right, well, give me your card. And she gets, takes my, you know, my Merrill Lynch card. And uh, and so that was in October. And then in January, I don't know, early January or whatever, she she calls me. She says, I can't believe I found your card, Buckley. I, I looked for an hour for this, but I think you're the right guy. You should come audition to be the, like, it's, do you watch The Office? Yeah, The Office is great. And, uh, all right, you'd be the CFO. It's a couple of scenes. It's one day. You've got a couple of scenes with Steve. Uh, and I think they'll like that you're a fin- like a financial guy. And I was like, yeah, okay, great. And so then the whole notion of, you know, preparation and opportunity yeah. and luck, you know, equal success and all that. I worked with Nancy on the scenes, and I was excited to 
do the acting, you know, like yeah. it was just a couple, couple little scenes and the Valentine's Day episode where we find out Jan and Michael slept together. <laughs> a joke? It's still um, one of the yeah. classes. Great Scott! <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I, I'm, you know, I'm ex- excited about that. So it's like I'm excited about the acting. I have like a job. I have, it's not like I'm a desperate person sure. that thinks, oh, this is going to be my ticket. Sure. This will be my swingers. So, you know, I went and, and uh, you know, went to work and then ducked over there, you know, whatever, whatever time, two or three. And it was funny because I'm sitting in the waiting room and, of course, like the old actor things start coming into your mind. And, right. and um, there's half a dozen other guys who kind of all look like me, you know, give or take tie color um, <laughs> uh, who, are, who are auditioning. And, um, and it was kind of funny because then I also see the guy that ended up playing Josh Porter, Chip Eston is his yeah. name. Couldn't be a lovelier guy. I'd worked with him uh, years before on a on a show, and I see him. I'm like, why am I even here? They're gonna hire. Why they're gonna hire Chip? Like he's great, and he works all the time. And blah blah blah. And he was he was on that improv show, the yeah. the Drew Carey improv show all the time. He's a funny guy, and it's funny you say that because we had had Carmen Electra on not that long ago, and here's this lady. She goes, I go into these auditions, and here's these beautiful women. And it's and it's funny because it's her, yeah, yeah. You're fucking hilarious, and so it, you know you're like, this guy's so, so funny. funny. Why me? You know, no, it's, it was. It's, but and that's your mind, you know, yeah. like the negative thing that gets in your head, and uh, and then like to make matters worse during that like thing in my head, rain happens to walk by, um, <laughs> and he looks and he's like, oh hey Chip, great, okay good, and he and. Because they're bu- they were yeah. friends, and you're like, like oh, oh shit, this is insane. <laughs> like, all right, I should just leave. And uh, and and then luckily he said, uh, he he said to him, he said, you know, I told him to also think about you for this other part, like on that which was on that episode. But he said because he's in like seven or eight more ep- you know episodes like later in the season, which is what he ended up playing. Yeah. You know, he ended up playing you know the guy who ran Stanford, right. And Josh Porter, you jump ship to Staples. And you know, this puts us in a very awkward position, Josh. Well, I'm uh, sorry. Say what you that, want, but Michael yeah. Scott would never do that. That's exactly <laughs> right. Then you just shake the negative, um, which I guess is another thing. If you can, if you can get the negative thoughts out of your head um, in whatever endeavor you're doing yeah um, you know and it's and it's for the some people that listen to us that are in recovery or have a family member in recovery that's encouragement is i don't think any of those things that you can kind of go through in in the 12-step program i always say i think everybody should kind of be in it because it's a big part of that negative self-talk um you know that that you can i have yet to meet anyone that has suffered with addiction that doesn't have negative self-talk for whatever reason and and it happens you know, and this performance thing, you don't go, yeah. you know, you're sitting here, I don't have a shot This is in ridiculous. Hell. Why am I even here? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny because I, I think all those, I mean, I've read all the, not, not all of them probably, but I've, re- I've read two, uh, uh, like John Bradshaw's books, you know, and yeah. d- learning all that stuff about yourself and where you are in the family and, and, but a lot about, you know, negative self-talk and the whole Tony Robbins thing. I oh, yes. listened to all those tapes and, and uh, I should probably listen to them again. And then just you know the, these books of sort of self analysis and everything that was that was during my twenties. Um, so they're sort of voices in my head at times um, over the years. But uh, you know, I read I read all those during my meandering searching periods. You know, which, right. which and then later on I sort of applied them, I guess, or applied some of it. But no, but the, so then so then I like shake all that stuff out of my head and I get back to like in, in acting 
in the acting world, like the big thing for the first scene that you're doing, let's just, you know, whatever scene you're doing, if you're doing one or two or, you know, for the audition, you got to get into what's called the moment before. Like, okay, the CFO walks into the room. You know, where is he coming from? Why is he there? What's going on? What's in his head? What's his purpose for being there? So you're sort of filled with that whole emotional. Uh, and if you can hook into the uh, emotional aspect of it, that's what sort of grounds you and gets you out of like, oh, there's five people looking at me that are going to decide if I do this job or not. And it just gets you in the acting yeah. and me and Mikey are doing our scene and we're making it happen. <laughs> um, so I was lucky, you know, I, I got into that, uh, you know, and so then the audition went great, felt good, really can't do anything about it, um, which is kind of a thing like whether it's uh, Brian Cranston has like a little one minute thing like this on YouTube and they're back. Come on, Mikey. guys. Son of a... I'm, pay you know, I paid most of my taxes. <laughs> Um, and uh, Meryl Streep says this too which is you know two of the, of the greats but it's like you go and you audition and yeah. you know that's kind of all you can do they may want a guy who's you know shorter taller you know different color different whatever. they may want a woman you know whatever it is yeah. um, or you're just you know you look right but you're just not there how they see the character um, but you have to go in and you give your interpretation there's, there's some great video out there for any of you actors, uh, potential actors, where you can watch, um, like there was a thing called The Making of the Godfather where you see like De Niro's audition for Sonny Corleone for the right. first one. Or you see Martin Sheen's audition for uh, the Al Pacino role. And then you see Pacino and Diane Keaton do their scenes. And you see Pacino do like, you know, one of his scenes auditioning and and um, I'm sure there's a couple others. Then, there, then there's the, you know, like The Office. I mean, there's that thing on the news where you that. see Seth Rogen and, yeah, um, and Bob Odenkirk. And you see, uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, Amy Adams maybe or uh, Kristen. It, it was cool. It was Catherine weird to Hahn. see them, but yeah. it just didn't seem right. And then you see I, Wayne I just Wilson. As great as, it, you know, the show is, and I love I love Seth. I just couldn't picture the ho, 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 ho as no, a part of the yeah. show. It's and just it's like, like how great sometimes is he it doesn't make sense. Doing what he does. You yeah. know, how great is Martin Sheen and Apocalypse Now? Right. You know, like years later. Coppola uses him for that, you right. know, yeah. and um, and you know, it's Andrew Bartlett, and of course, uh, uh, you know, and then that chocolate chip cookies, you know. I mean, yeah. and then and so you talk. Wait, real quick, you talk about like a guy not he had fallen so far, like uh, Brando. I know, I know, um, Coppola wanted him, but the studio was yeah. like, we don't want Marlon Brando in our movies. He had to like do his own self tape audition from yeah. you know probably the island somewhere where he put you know. Mm -hmm oranges in his mouth and did created right. that whole thing and sent it in you know to yeah. speak of like someone who's one of the you were saying i i interrupted no 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 i so i, I actually wanted to go back to where steve carell was saying you know you can be fired at any time so someone had asked me because we had put something on social media what do you want us to ask andy buckley aka david wallace of the office and one of them messaged me someone messaged me saying when they uh when saber bought out and then all of the Dunder Mifflin guys were let go. Were you kind of like, well, this was fun. My shit's done it. here. Yeah. You, did you still have Merrill Lynch at the time? Or I, did, I was at Merrill Lynch through the whole end of the show. Oh, like, so wow. you, if you were to get, you were fine. So Because that was your plan B. Yeah, but okay. like, who, wants, sucked, who wants to get tossed off sure. like a freaking awesome show? Yeah. Right. And it was funny how that happened. Um, so the first couple of years, I did not really do these. But then as... I guess in season five, when I was starting to be on it uh, like a lot, yeah, I would go to the table reads. Mm -hmm. So the table read takes place. So you film, let's just say in that case, you know, Monday through Friday, you're filming, you know, episode eight. 
on Wednesday or Thursday or maybe even Friday during lunch, you're going to read episode nine. So the writers can hear it, the director who's directing that week, the props guys, everybody's read it, but you know, it's mostly the writers and they can hear what works, what doesn't work joke wise. And the network can hear it and you're all crowded into a, a room. So I would go to that. I get the script. Like when I, when you get there, generally, sometimes you get it early. In that case, I get it. Uh, they had just finished it and I get it and I'm reading and it's like, am I, am I, is it, am I done? Am I <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it was funny, Paul Lieberstein, he's like, yeah, for a while, we'll, we'll figure it. We'll probably oh. bring you back at some point, but for now. Like, ah, fuck. So was he saying that to make you feel better or was it already written out that you were going to come back? I think maybe they had a hope that I was, I guess. I okay. don't know. Or, or, or maybe he was just saying that so I wouldn't like snap and start breaking <laughs> chairs. <laughs> yeah. Start yeah. throwing papers the off the The part's already table. been written. Let's you just know. get through this guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it was, uh, and I've heard some, I've heard some lousy stories of people like finding out they're like they're regulars on shows and they get a text. Hey, we're going to write you out next week. Sorry. Yeah. Generally, you like to think it's like a little more, you know, like the baseball. Hey, it's the toughest job a manager's got to do, but we got to let you go. You're a great ball player. You know, yeah. But it's like, hey, you're out next week. So just a heads up. Yeah. But it's. um, You were at my wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Wedding. The uh, call. Call Larry. He's got the travel arrangements. You were traded to the Phillies. (laughs) Um, Moneyball. I watched that again. I love Moneyball. What a great. I love that movie. I'm not. I'm not even an A's fan. But but so that was. um, Yeah. So that was at the time. I got. Oh crap. And I'm trying to think because I don't think. I can't remember what year that was because right around that time. Yeah. No, I wasn't already on this show called The Lying Game, which was Mm -hmm. soon after that. I was. I was on it. Uh, or maybe with maybe maybe it took a year, but maybe it was only six months. It was a you know a teen teen really fun teen drama, like a sister show to the huge hit uh, Pretty Little Liars. It was mm-hmm. similar in style and same company, same author who wrote the book series and all that. It was really a blast. That uh, and I was one, the parent, the dad of the main uh, two girls or the main girl, and um, so it was. Uh, I got on that. And that was in Texas, in Austin. So I would, com- I was actually like commuting just about every week because our younger son had just been born, and uh, I didn't want him to think someone else was his dad. <laughs> uh, but no, but so so so. But that's a lot to endure because so at this point you're still doing Merrill Lynch, and you're doing this other show and commuting. Yeah, I I uh, so the office wasn't so I was off the office during that time. It was during that time that I was. Uh, the, at least the first season, because the second season I was back on, on the office. Um, and then, uh, and Merrill Lynch, l- luckily, and this, this happened, so in season five when they started using me all the time, I was getting all kinds of opportunities sure. uh, to be in movies um, and, uh, or other shows, mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, they want you to be a regular, because I was never a regular on the office. I was, a, you, know, uh, you know, a couple of years I had uh, a contract as a recurring guy, right. but I was never there every week. Um, so I, um, uh, 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 I got partners. Mm-hmm. That was, that was, uh, the big thing I realized, okay, there's, there, you know, a, if I really want to give acting a, a shot, I gotta, I gotta, you know, try these things. And then my, I got clients. So I, a couple of uh, good buddies of mine, I said, Hey, I might have a shot at this acting thing. You know, you, can you guys be my partners and really kind of do probably the bulk of the work? Right. 
Um, and if it works out, then you guys will take over the business, which is ultimately what happened. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, you know, I still have my foot here and, and, and they were, you know, they get their, you know, big percentage of the business or, or whatever. It, what was it like 2009? So I was off the office, but that was the thing. Like I got to be in the other guys that, yeah. I mean, that was so fun. I and mean, Will Ferrell and Wahlberg and Mike Keaton. Lawyer. Yeah. I mean, you know, Don Beeman. <laughs> yeah. I still carry that card with me. <laughs> The Don Beeman card. Do you? <laughs> it's really fun. I got it in my pocket. Um, oh, no shit. I have, uh, I have these cards that I, like if I'm in an airport and kids come up to, like college kids or yeah. whatever, they come up to me. I have my David Wallace <laughs> <I'll check laughs> CFO <that> cards. <laughs> um, I don't know if the camera can see and that. And uh, I, I, I got some in the house. And then, and then this is the Don Beeman card. Oh, they'll be I only damn. have one of those. Call us, we're hiring. Um, <laughs> It's so Esquire. funny. Don Beeman Esquire. That's too cool. But like, so I, and there was a movie Life as We <laughs> Know It, and then some of these other shows that like yeah. you get to think, get to like, uh, you know, audition and test for and blah, blah, blah. It just takes a lot of time, even if you ultimately don't get hired. Like, yeah. it's taken a total of eight hours or 10 hours. And, oh, it's um, tremendous. That's my teenager yelling in there, we're play, doing the PlayStation. He's probably. Son of a, I just got blasted, yeah. Dad. Yeah. We doing squads? Come on. <laughs> we were just talking about the other guys. Yeah. I had to say it. You just gave all our evidence to the bad guy's lawyer. <laughs> I will give this a good look over. <laughs> and we're playing squash now, and then we're having drinks. Uh, um, there was That was a funny... God, that was so fun. Will's so... He's so funny. It's just I can crazy. imagine working with them, like Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, like, how the hell do you keep a straight face? Yeah. Like, I, in well, any I, scene with them. I got a real kick out of... I, made, I was making I mean, Wahlberg laugh in, in two of those scenes. So that scene in the office, and then the scene when we're in there with Michael Keaton and... and um, God, the big guy, Ray, what's his last name? The Irish guy who was... Oh, oh I know who you're talking um, about. I don't know. He was great. Well, he, yeah. I mean, God, what a big guy. And he had just... He was like in the last... He was like when Daniel Craig became Bond, he was like in the, I guess, yeah, in the yeah. final, uh, you know, running. For whatever reason, like I was like Wahlberg would laugh at like some of the I would like break up Wahlberg, which I must say I got quite a kick out of. Sure, like, yeah. But there was one time when he like reached across the table. It didn't end up in the final thing. And he like grabbed me like my tie. Like, holy crap, he's so strong. <laughs> oh, my God. He would, he would literally, if he punched me, he would, I think he would kill me. Um, God, I'm trying to look it up. I'm still blanking on the guy's name. It's Ray Anyways, Stevenson. Ray, Ray Stevenson. Stevenson. There you Thank go. Thank you. And um, The Irishman. He had just, right around then, there was a great movie, The Irishman. But uh, oh, not no. The Irishman, not, not, not the, not the not new the Scorsese. one. Yeah. So I was getting to do those things. I had partners, yeah. and then I did. I gotta shit. ask before we get off the yeah. other guys because I'm a huge professional wrestling geek. Uh, did you get to work any with Dwayne Johnson on that, or at least an encounter? I had an encounter with him, not an intimate encounter. <laughs> <laughs> Although no, he might be we, your first choice. Yeah, if he there might. Was. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah. well, so he was. I went and watched them do a scene, one scene, but I never met him. Never met him. This is a great. He. This speaks to like just what a magnificent guy he is, and so thing i used to do during like a few years when on the on the office i'd auction off set visits and i later learned you're supposed to get permission for that but uh, <laughs> auction off set visits for specifically and it was for st jude's uh hospital mostly oh, and then awesome. there's uh, oh, one incredible. called national yeah. jewish health in denver it's a big respiratory hospital um and um so so like we, you know we would auction these things off and people would you know pay i don't know fair amount of money into the you know 10 15,000 bucks to come like visit 
And uh, so this one, this one guy, we did it while we were actually filming the other guys. They had a big St. Jude's thing in New York, and a hedge fund guy, you know, bids a fair amount of money, and uh, he's going to come, and him and his wife and his two kids who were ten and twelve <clears throat> at the time. This is like in two thousand nine, and he you know bids a, a, a good amount of money, and they're going to fly out whenever it happens. So anyway, jump to they're coming out. The only time they can come out is the end of the uh, the end of the season of the show but it's the kids school break and steve has already left like it's the last week of the show and steve had finished his stuff because he had to start a movie right blah 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 and so it's like hey here are the chicago bulls michael jordan's not here <laughs> but you got scotty you know you got Rodney, bj you know you got, <laughs> so it's like that's eh, but michael jordan you know, but steve's not there so I felt bad about that. And I, I was bringing them over so they could... I always, whenever people do that, I would make a point of being with them at the set visit so they could... If they were shy, they, right. I would say, no, can you, BJ, can you say hi? Or Rain, you know, whatever. Kate, Meredith, come here, we're having a drink. <laughs> um, and uh, jumping to uh, The Rock. So I had set it up for us to go visit another studio, like without knowing anything of what was filming there. We're like, all right, we'll we'll go there, and we'll we'll. Hope. I was just hoping that we'd meet somebody else. Meanwhile, we get there, and like, there's barely anything filming on that studio. Luckily, The Rock is doing a movie. Dwayne's doing a movie with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. It's really funny. Like, not many people oh, yeah. saw it. it Faster. Was a, okay, I never yeah. saw it. I but fan, there you go. I guess so, you saw. It. Yeah. He. Uh, so I'm like, okay, kids. Because the guard at the gate, I said, what's filming? And he said, well, the only thing that's really filming is The Rock is filming a thing with Billy Bob Thorne. Like, okay, kids, you guys, you guys fans of The Rock? This was back when he was just The Rock. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, all right, we're going to, somehow we're going to meet The Rock. I'll figure it out, but let's go. <laughs> so we all go and, you know, luckily I, somebody, I know somebody who like gets us on the sound stage and we get to sit behind the monitor and watch them film a scene, which is taking place around, around the corner. And then I say, hey, is The Rock, is his assistant here or something like that? And somebody points her out, and I go up to her. I'm like, hey, I'm Andy. You know, I'm, I was in The Other Guys with Dwayne, and, and uh, I have these folks. And I just gave her the quick skinny. I said, is there any way he can come and say hi to them? She's like, okay, I'll, I'll ask him. And then, he, and then somehow she got to him before he even, like, came close to us because he walks out from around the thing, and we're standing there behind the monitor. It's me and a guy and his wife, you know, in their 40s. And then there are two kids. And, and he, from like across to like where the, you know, even further than the basketball uh, hoop over there. About a good 20, 30 yards. Like he yells, he says, who are those two great looking kids over there? I want to meet those kids. Who are those kids? And he just like makes That's a awesome. beeline, walks to us. And I walk up and I say, hey, hey, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. He's like, you kidding? And he spends 15 minutes, like not two minutes, like yeah. he spent... Real time, like, with the girl, and what do you do? Do you like to horseback ride, or do you ballet, or what do you do, or do you swim, or, you know, and play an instrument? Like, and he said, oh, my daughter loves that. And he, I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. I and love it, that. That's he, so cool. Oh, and then with the kid, they were talking hockey, the kids from back <laughs> east. And, and, I mean, he's like 6'6", six, six, and he's freaking gorgeous, yeah, and he's dude. like, you know. 280 pounds. And, yeah. and it's like, oh, what a like what a, I mean that was 10 years ago and I'd love to tell that story because it, it was just they, I'm sure they still tell it it was so anyway well, that, was my, that, that was my encounter with them and well thank you for sharing I pre because you know and it's a good thing too a lot of the you know again for folks that are that are listening and a lot of our you know our listeners themselves or someone they love that has entered recovery or maybe they're seeking it out and it's that thing of 
of uh, how we treat others, it comes back to us uh, tenfold, you know, and that, uh, you know, it's a, the, just an example of, of humanity and how it works. So I was curious, you know, because obviously, you know, you yourself making some, some, some bold moves and uh, everything else. So when do we eventually get out of the, uh, the, the financial game? So it was during when I was, when you were saying the thing about, you know, when I was going to Texas and it was in Austin, uh, back and forth, it was, I started like what, initially with that show, I would come back to LA and I would go into my office here I had intentions during my off days because when we were doing the other guys in New York, uh, on my off days, I would go into the Merrill Lynch. You know, I would, it was generally the Rockefeller Center office. I'd go in and I'd sit at a desk and just, you know, call clients or, you know, do whatever I was supposed to be doing that day. And, uh, and it was so funny because all I want to do is like, I know I screwed up that bond order, but you know what I got to do yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> I was with Will Ferrell and Paul Morgan. Yeah. And, uh, but nobody, nobody cared. Nobody wants to hear that. So, uh. yes, Dr. Wilson, I, <laughs> I screwed up the municipal bond order. I'm sorry. But uh, so, it was, so it was during the, the Lion game. Um, I, I did it initially, and then I was like, eh. And it's really kind of funny because I also thought, I think this show's going to go for a while, <laughs> which it didn't. <laughs> but I was like, I got a good feeling about this one. Got a good feeling about this And it was. It was such a fun show. It, but it was one right. of those, you know what it is? It was one of those ones, like it was a terrific show. The main actress was great. I also saw on that how replaceable anyone is, whether you're like the new boyfriend who's like the cute hot guy. Yeah. Eh, the network doesn't like him. You know, oh, where's Larry? Oh, he went back to Europe to live with his dad. You know, like one line, you're gone. Like Jeez. it's crazy. Yeah. In that case, and that, that happened... Two or three times, and I'm sure it's, it happens sometimes if an actor is like difficult or, or whatever. But but also if it's just if it's not clicking, or a storyline isn't clicking. There was in that case there was another storyline with it with a an adult that was going to be this woman that was going to be like a big you know is she the killer you know sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Eh, it didn't like the network didn't necessarily jive with how it was like that story was going. So mm-hmm. they written out and like with one line right. on a name like no that that rachel was her middle name her real name is you know sally whatever <laughs> and then it's explained away and right. then a new actress comes in with a new storyline oh. i mean it's kind of it's kind of yeah. wild and then and then that show was uh, ultimately and it becomes you know the, a bigger business sort of a thing where it's part owned by warner brothers who was making it and part owned by disney because it was on abc family which is now freeform, but it was still ABC Family at the time, um, and so like they were in essence, I think, splitting the profits. So because it wasn't like a huge hit, but it was like right about there, and and uh, maybe if only one of them had owned it, they might have kept it. But since they were splitting it, ah, it's too much work for not enough money, mm-hmm. and we don't yeah. see it. And, and well, so they someone just, can produce it, someone else handles the distribution, and you know it's it's a screwy business. It's it really yeah, is. it's it's uh, and there's you know you see these things there's you know, movies and there's twelve producers and <laughs> you know they all did something, right. um, but it's not like the it's or there's very few folks who are like the old school like great producers that do everything and and you know and they're real movie makers. But um, so it was during that time. And then, uh, so during like the second year of that, and then the and then the office had circled back. It was the last, or it was the second to last season. And they they used me for three or four episodes right at the end of the James Spader season, where I buy the company back. Right. And um, gosh, I'm so glad you came back. I, with all due respect to James Spader, I just I 
that season was like it was an odd season. It wasn't. Yeah. It was odd. It wasn't you know. bad. It was just different, and it was just like <laughs> I really can do without Robert California. I just I don't know. There's something about he's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, like, he's no. a it fantastic actor. Cre- but it was just character, man. It was, it was just, just so, so not creepy. the Office. It's like no, bring bring Wallace back. Get, get yeah. you know get everything back to normal. And you know it was obviously a change when Steve Carell left and Ed Helms. You know, Will Spader came in and then promoted uh ed helms which was great i didn't know how that was gonna play out but you kind of you didn't forget about michael scott but i think andy bernard did a fantastic yeah, job yeah i mean he, he's great. in the same vein as as uh as michael scott yeah absolutely and he's so funny it's funny that one of the things people like uh you know breaking up laughing and blah 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 and i would i would laugh constantly i'm sure um yeah. you know like i'm sorry I'll, i'm just a stockbroker guys what do you expect <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and um but like one of the funniest i think times anyone ever laughed for such a long period of time and this is when i realized how funny ed helms was was there's a scene i'm in the conference room with uh, jim michael thinks jim's trying to steal his job uh-huh and uh, and so he has Ed Helms like push the cheese cart yeah. in, and okay. he's hiding under the cheese cart. Yeah. Ed Helms was so funny in that scene that like literally for half an hour somebody would break up laughing. Like you would just start to see under the <laughs> cart shaking, and Steve is laughing his head off. And you know he doesn't even get to see it. He just hears how Ed is delivering the lines, and he's laughing. Or, or John would burst out laughing, or you know uh, I would. And I mean it's, it's I mean it's silly. It's funny. I mean it's gone on for half an hour, or the crew <laughs> right. would start laughing. It was. Or I mean, they're fun environments so to be in. And dip the cheese cracker yeah. in the blue cheese. Born up. And the meeting wraps uh, up. <laughs> he, and that, you know, that and there was a, that was the thing, because I had never really had a ton of scenes with uh, many of the people. So also around that time was when I realized how funny uh, Rain was. Like, dur- I guess during the Golden Ticket episode, I realized how oh, funny God, he was. Yeah. And... Um, you know, and then you just start, and Krasinski's so funny, and Jenna's, I mean, Jenna's really funny. Yes. You know, she doesn't get the chance to, like, be all that, you know. She, right. And, uh, she, you know, her reactions, are, you know, and her, the way she'll deliver her lines really funny. But, um, so then it's around 2012, well, it is 2012. She, you know, it's funny, yeah, she, uh, she, she, uh, as, you know, as you get out of the radio business, you know, like right. in her case, it was a big, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it was a big thing to not not that she was setting the world on fire acting but yeah. just the idea of like almost like internally like okay i'm not gonna pursue acting anymore you know that was the choice and there's a friend of it's ours a, who's, it's a change of identity which which happens very much i know for you know me my experiences with recovery relapse the whole thing is the scary part of it is that Change of identity because, you know, you become secure within that is such a huge part of what you are. And so it's a big thing about this big, bold move. That was what was, you know, really interesting to me. In addition to, you know, I just love the, the, the act. I just love acting in general stage or, or camera, but uh, making those bold moves like what your wife said. She kind of had to go, OK, I'm, you know, this thing that I thought was a part of my identity, the being in front of the camera, maybe not. So maybe it's a different passion. Yeah. And, and like you, you were having some success with Merrill Lynch. Yeah. And it was and I sort of had my you know, foot in both worlds. And, and then there was that thing of like, shit, I, I might be able to actually make a kind of a career out of the thing that I really, really love to do. And then ultimately, you know, and then leaving Merrill Lynch was always, I mean, it was kind of, at that point, my, the guys had been doing so much work for a few years, like my percentage of our business had, had like 
gunned down, gunned down as as was like the the deal and whatnot. I was like, I should probably just leave because it's not like. And then you sort of make that that whole commitment thing, you know. It's funny. It's from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross that expression have you made your decision for christ you know or whatever and not that it has to be that but like there's a that all or nothing sort of burn the bridges you know this is what i'm doing sort of thing um very karate kid you do karate yes do karate no do karate get so quick just like grape there you go but it is that way with lots of things so and i'm sure it's you know it's like any you know like someone wants to be the the best you know guy in medical school or the best insurance salesman or the best golfer or the best wrestler you know whatever so it was chris chris christopherson's kid was trying to be a wrestler yeah and yeah, maybe he, maybe he is Jody, I, he's a know. war pig he's actually I, i'll if i'll check my phone after we're done i got some photos with him so he's he, a good dude yeah i sat next to them uh or they were they were in the last row of first class i was in the first row of coach on a flight once and i'm like that's Chris Christopherson. That's Chris Christopherson. Like, it was just so yeah. cool. Just like he's, he's, you know, he's like one of those legendary guys. And uh, and his son was sitting next to him. They were, um, you know, like, God, that, guy's, yeah. that guy's pretty big. You know, yeah. see, I wonder what he does. And then I looked him up and he was Yeah, he's uh, he's intimidating in the ring but couldn't have been the nice guy. I only had one one meeting with him, but he was just – Hey, you know, as a you know, big fan, been watching. It's cool to see you wrestle some of my buddies, and a huge fan of your dad's. And he's like, "Oh, that's so cool." You know, yeah, absolutely. What are you doing? Yeah, it was one of those like, "Thank God he was cool," because that would have really yeah. sucked if he wasn't. I've literally never met anyone or, or worked with anyone, or where you are going, or who you are with. It's my Michael Scott. Yeah, <laughs> ever for any cool. reason. No, um, I typically don't know where I'm going. I just hope I find it along, along the way. The way. <laughs> it's an improvisation. Uh, no, I, I've never like met or like even even guys you know some guys who they say or I went up to Sean Penn once you know and I like, tapped him. I was I was a little hammered. Um, <laughs> it, it, it like in a, at some event. This was years and years. It's like 25 years ago, 30 years ago. But I was like, oh my god, it's Sean Penn. And I went up and tapped him on the shoulder. And, you know, he spun around like, what the hell's going on? You know, but then I think if a guy sees your genuine, like, enthusiasm for, yeah, for right. them and their work, like, he gave me a minute. You know, he could tell I had had a couple drinks. Was, you know, and, and uh, Alec Baldwin, one time I saw him, and I, you know, Jack Donaghy. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. my God. And, you know, it's just, you can't help but, uh, I don't know, <clears throat> if, if someone's a genuine fan or whatever, it's hard to sort of... And I'm like, I'm, God, I love meeting people. I, like, I, the, I, I get such a kick out of if you like, get to meet someone who's, sure. you know, who you like their work or whatever. Yeah, I, mean, it's I can relate. I got no sleep last night because I knew I was coming <laughs> here today. I told him, I was like, I was wide awake at 3 a.m. And he's just like, why? And I'm like, because we're going to Andy Buckley's tomorrow, dude. Like, yeah. yeah. You got to aim higher. <laughs> <laughs> talk, to, talk to my teenage son. Uh, you know what? That's the the funny thing. I've been having a lot of conversations about about you know we mean different things to different people, and the people we value in a certain way don't value us exactly the same way. And that's and I that used to really bother me because I'm just like I kind of dig the shit out of everybody, but I just realized most people just don't really give two shits. And yeah, that's okay. Yeah, and that's okay. Exactly. You know, and uh, and I think the humbleness is a great thing. You know, well, this a, is an important thing. I really wanted to tell you this. I wanted the opportunity to tell you this. When I lived in LA, I lived in Hollywood, right off of Hollywood Boulevard on Las Palmas, for about a year. 
Um, I didn't, there wasn't any reason as to why I moved to LA. A lot of people are, are you going to go do acting? You going to go try this or this or that? It's like, no, I was 21 years old. I had just, a girlfriend had just broken up with me actually. So I was, you know, all heartbroken, <laughs> distraught and all that. And my buddy was moving to Hollywood and he's like, dude, just come with me. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. All right, cool. I will go with you. So I moved down to LA thinking every day was going to be like a Van Halen music video. You know what I mean? And it, some days, some days, but not all. So, you know, in my moments there, the highest of highs was followed by the lowest of lows and it got dark. You know, there was, it it can get dark sometimes. And it, you know, I fall into this little depression slash anxiety and all that. But I always had the office. I would go home and I would watch the office and it would just like ease my anxiety because it's just so fucking funny. You know what I mean? So it almost took my mind off, what the hell am I doing here? That's when I, I didn't know what anxiety was at the time. I thought I was just dying. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I noticed that it would go away every time I put on The Office. We would go walk up to Subway, because there's a Subway up there off Las Palmas. And hey, don't mention, back. they don't sponsor on this They thing. should, though. Yeah. I eat there every damn day. But anyways, <laughs> um, so I would watch the- Jersey Mike's good. Yeah, Jersey Mike's, okay. Subway's good. Yeah. Jersey Mike's. And uh, so thank you, you know, thank you. You really did, like, I, unknowingly helped, like, you know, just ease my anxiety and whatnot because I'd put the office on and I would just zone out and everything was fine. And I just wanted to tell you that. So. You're welcome, Mike. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. I speak for the whole Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> Appreciate you. you. <laughs> Can we get a couple reams of paper while we're out? Yeah. Uh, you know, Let's and say we get some I'm pasta. glad to hear it. And f- for me, Let's the say thing, we do. Because yeah. I, I, I'm new to it. I had to... Um, a very special lady that unfortunately our relationship didn't work out, but we're still really good friends. And she really, really got me into the show along with this, uh, uh, lunatic. All right, I don't even have a, <laughs> I don't even have a shitty like insult for him right now. Cause I love him. <laughs> and for me, it was, um, you know, and she's still a good support for me because I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been long-term in my recovery and it's just the humanity of it all it, because it really is such a human show oh, of the yeah. human condition and yeah. human experience because you want, you know, when I first got into it, I'm like, what the fuck, you know? And then I went, these people in such a weird way, they're family and they love each other. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think it's really the whole, the whole sort of center of the whole thing was, you know, Michael Scott's, you know, says the wrong thing, all these, all these lousy things, you know, but he's all heart. He loves his people. He, you know, he wants to get married and have a family sure. and all that and all that stuff. And he's, and I think that was sort of the crux of the thing. And, and then, you know, every, and you see all the humanity of everyone else, whether it's Oscar's love life or, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin, you know, liking, I forget her name, but the, but the girl that was uh, his girlfriend there for a while that he, you know, and then just whatever, or even Toby, Stacy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even like. You know, poor Toby. You know, he just gets Toby, the crack that poor kicked guy, out man. of him. And yeah. just even like BJ, even the temp. You know, Ryan. Well, like easy to hate uh, in that show. Ryan, Ryan, you just <laughs> I love when he went uh, to the top. When you called him and brought him into corporate, he was so easy to hate. Just coming in yeah. with his, you know, five o'clock shadow and two hundred dollar haircut. It's like Infinity, it, yeah, 2.0. which Dunder Mifflin Infinity, which he played the part well, obviously because. You really disliked him in that. But then he, you know, gets very humbled when uh, fraud was committed and then comes in with the bleached hair and all that good stuff. So he it was stole like, okay. from the company. Yeah, he stole. <laughs> he is like a son to me. I don't care if he murdered his whole family. <laughs> yeah, he is a son to me. 
<laughs> so yeah, it was easy. But yeah, he was one of the writers on the show too. He, yeah, he? he and he was the first guy they hired. Actually, he was a uh, he was the first guy that Greg Daniels hired. Like he saw his stand up and and maybe saw some writing samples. I imagine, like before Steve, and before like before anybody. And he was hired as a writer. And I don't. And actually, I'm not sure. Like if, if they said, "Yeah, you're going to be in the show too," or if that was. Yeah. I, I think that was the case. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was the case. But he was definitely hired as a writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my God, half of them, you know, him, Mindy, Paul. Paul Lieberstein was like the head writer for a couple of years, Toby. Mm. And then his brother, Warren, was who was not on the show, but uh, was was married to Angela. Like, it was all, you know, right. I mean, you know. Yeah, all and Moe's, too. Wasn't Moe's a writer? Moe's was the, he was the, hey, Moe's was the guy that actually hired me. I was in the, so when I, that time I auditioned, it was actually only two people in the room. It was Allison. Who I read with, um, and most of the time you actually read with uh, the other guy uh, who who worked with her, Ben Harris, uh-huh. um, and uh, her junior partner, I guess you will. Uh, and then and then Michael Shore was uh, was the only one in the room. And after the two audition scenes, he was like, "Now you you are like some kind of a financial guy, right? Is that, is that right?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm a terrible stockbroker." <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I was like, okay, all right, okay, good. And then when she called the next day, by the way, it was like, okay, they're going to use you, Buckley. How cool is that? Uh, but they're going to give you glasses, and they're going to gray your hair up a little bit so you seem a little, you know, give you a little more gravitas or whatever, And uh, which they did for, like, the first season or two, and then they, I had grays, so they just in. <laughs> just kind of like, walked oh, right, right into the part. Like, <laughs> but um, he was the first guy hired, and then... Who else? Yeah, Mindy wrote, and that was so fun. I walked into the writer's room one time, accidentally, like I went in the wrong door. I was going to ask the production uh, coordinator something about the schedule or something, and I walked in, and it was the coolest thing. Like, they're all sitting around this giant table. It's like big, you know, huge, like, I don't even know if it was a table or if they had just put together tables to make a huge table, but there's like 15 super funny people, like writers sitting there. You know, and they have the big board and they have like storylines and all that. And I was like, ah, oh, can I just stay in this? Piss <laughs> uh, off, Mike. Take a walk. Um, like, that was cool. Idris Elba, as you do your British accent, he was on the show for, you know, yeah. seven or Charles Minor. Another, another guy you didn't like either, but I love him as an actor. But yeah, when he was just shutting down Michael Scott, it's like, oh, of course. Oh, yeah, you need the son of a Michael. bitch every yeah. now and then because, because it really showed. Again, back to the heart of the show and, and, and loving people and that they were a family and there was this, even the oddity of Creed, which I yeah. love, he does not, I don't care uh, as far oh, as the really? character. I like, like him sometimes, but like there are some where I'm just like, I, he would say something and I'm like, come on, come on. Swing <laughs> low, sweet chariot. Baby. Swing low, sweet chariot. He, um, I'm so, I'm so, so like aware of the COVID time. Oh folks. yeah, no, no. Oh no, you're um, good. You get too far, we lose you on the mic. So here we can back the, up. Uh, yeah, we'll back up. Plus, if my wife is looking, <laughs> plus I, I'd rather not any of us get. It. Yeah, he's oh, Creed's such a good guy. I mean, he's he's one of those guys. I was telling you, yeah, like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a guy that. I mean, he. I, I I don't know that he was ever homeless, but he he hit some rock bottom times. Uh-huh. I think mm-hmm. you know and. Yeah, I mean, he was a rock star in the 60s and all that right, stuff. Right, right. I'm sure, you know, didn't make the money that, I'm sure the record company made the dough. And um, I forget the other guy that was, um, 
wrote the songs with him uh, in the in the band, the Grassroots. But uh, I mean, I, th- I mean, because he was an extra on the show. Like he started off, he was just a guy sitting in the background, like at right. a desk, mm-hmm. you know, a, a background person. They call, you know. So he's there, and I think after a little while, um, like they people started talking to him, or they, you know. You know, whatever it was, and somebody's like, "He's pretty funny. Let's give him a line." You know, so then he had a line. Yeah, and then, um, and then, uh, eventually, you know, he became one of the one of the regulars on the show. And it, I mean, it's like that's the thing that's so crazy. Like that whole show has has changed so many people's life. It's certainly changed my life. Sure, it's changed his life. You know, Meredith, Kate. I mean, even Steve, obviously, and yeah. um, you know, to to a monstrous way, or Greg Daniels. Who, you know, I mean, he had had. Uh, hit, hit shows before that but um, you know Mindy gets her own show and Ellie gets her own show and uh, you know Rain was just an actor that worked all the time and, mm-hmm. you know but it's it's like so it was one of those things that and, and I think that was the one thing about uh, being around there is everybody you could tell was like even, and then like all the crew like hey we got a, you know we got a consistent job for nine years or whatever right, it is right, like, you know, yeah. you're on that show um and uh, everybody was very grateful, you know. I'm sure there were inner workings of things that I didn't, you know, know about necessarily that might have been, you know, people get start getting disgruntled or there's a book that's out now that I guess uh, a guy, it was great, a guy from Rolling Stone wrote it, Andy Green, and he interviewed all kinds of people. And, you know, I'm sure it sounds like, you know, at times things started to get like, oh, come on, you're letting Steve go do a movie. Can I go? Or whatever. I, right. I don't know. I, right. None of that affected me. I wasn't, right. I wasn't there very much. I'd pop in, do my scenes, and leave even if even if it was in the Scranton branch. Like It wasn't like I had to sit in the background and be around all day because, right. you know, Creed's desk is behind where Jim right. and Pam are doing their scene. You yeah. know? So, so in that sense, I was like like an outsider to a, to a large degree, but also you know part of it um but um and i forget i forget the question was about bill macy i think right no (laughs) (laughs) well we are fans of shameless we are on the scene i could not wait for that to come out you have some good time with it in that that this is what your third season you're appearing in Second. 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 Okay, so I couldn't I remember. Up, I don't even know what the season numbers are, but I think you were on season nine. You're Ingrid's husband when yeah. he met her yeah. in the hospital. Okay, I yeah. couldn't remember if that was season eight, and then it kind of played again in nine, and then ten is. Now. Oh, that's right, because they like the se- yeah, it's only six. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's I think I showed up like in the very last little bit, wheeling her and then taking her home, mm-hmm. and then the beginning of I guess what is the next season? Right. Ah, uh, oh, that was so fun. Uh, what a what a great guy. Uh, Bill Macy is and what a fun guy to work with oh such a um, huge talent and, and he just talent. sits it's so funny he just sits there he's so mild mannered like when he's not working mm-hmm. he he's, plays the ukulele and he just sits there in his chair and he's playing and he's talking to you like uh-huh. you know you have a conversation and, and he's he's a big office fan oh yeah like, and his daughters are and so he was asking me it was funny we were sitting there it was my first day and Somebody's talking over there, and somebody mentions like the word I- improv, and he says, "Well, Andy, you guys probably did a lot of improv on the office." And like my head spun around. Did she just talk to me? <laughs> just ask me, like, Yeah, yeah. But uh, c- it just couldn't couldn't be a couldn't be a lovelier guy. And those like, but and like, but that's like not a typical character. That, like, sure. that I've gotten to play, and I sure. loved it. And that was one the audition I worked with my with Nancy on. 
like, honey, this is a big audition. It's a lot of pages and blah, blah, blah. And um, so she uh, helped me with that, and luckily they hired me. And I, I mean, it was just a, just in Katie Seagal. Like, she, yeah, God, she was great, great on that. She, huh? she's, she's, she's great. She's just been great in everything. And, like, everything. Married with children. I mean, sons, sons of Anarchy. Of anarchy. Oh, my God. And she's a, she's a, I've never actually heard her, but I, I think she's pretty well thought she of. She is. Like, a, a musician. Like, she's yeah, a hell of a singer. An amazing and, voice. And that was her, um, a great friend of ours is uh, Wendy Malvoin. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, she's like one of our best friends. I am, and, a, I am a prince nut. So, like um, nobody's business. Yeah, so she's, it's funny. She, so her son, uh, Calder is his name, um, and Benny, our buddies. Actually, Benny goes to a different school now, but like in kindergarten is when we met her. Sure. And it was, fu- it was kind of funny because she was, she was, uh, was married for many years to to a different Lisa. Yes. Lisa Cholodenko. Yes. And uh, so it, like the meet and greet at the schools, you know, thing like I'm uh, meeting the parents and blah blah blah. And, like I'm Wendy and this, you know, my wife my wife Lisa and, and I was like, Oh, it's like Prince's band, Wendy and Lisa, right? <laughs> and like I didn't know she was like that Wendy. Yeah. And she's like, Well no, that's that that's a different Lisa in the band. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? She's like, Well no, that's that's a different Lisa. This is my wife, Lisa. This is that's a that's another Lisa I do music with, and I'm like, you're fucking <laughs> that's you. Oh my god. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, she's she's magnificent. She said, I love musicians. It's so fun. I don't know what it is. Like I I got some great Austin musician friends, and like I, Rob Thomas. I've gotten to become buddies with nice him, yard. which is so awesome. He's a big comedy fan. Like and I made a beeline for him at the uh, the other guy's premiere I'm like oh shit that's <laughs> I like and hey, he and he was smooth <laughs> no but it's so funny because he was he was like I said to Mari like that's Wallace we gotta say hi to Wallace and I'm laughing like what no I am um, but the, in Lyle like, I don't I mean I guess I, I worked with Lyle Love at once but oh my oh, god really? like he couldn't have been what a gentleman that guy yeah. is I don't know musicians just and seem like talent. such and lovely talent. people oh I know that there is always the jokes about him and Julia Roberts, but there's a reason because that SOB, and you could tell through his lyrics of what kind of char- content of character he has. Yeah, but he, I mean, such a talent. And and he he was yeah, I mean he was great. It was an episode of uh, it's really fun. It's too bad the show got canceled. I was like the next season. I had a whole really fun storyline. The bridge. Do you ever see that? It was uh, mm-hmm. based on a on a I think an Israeli show. Um, but it's about the border, Juarez, and, and the drug trade back and mm. forth, and, and it was, um, oh, God, Patrick Somerville is the guy who uh, was the, was well, he was the showrunner uh, of it. Um, God, and I'm forgetting the two stars. It was great, though. It was an FX thing. It was fantastic. And actually, Brian Baumgartner did two episodes of it, and he's fantastic. <laughs> he plays this reporter who's in recovery, and wait, no, he's not the reporter. A reporter utilizes him to get some information. And Baumgartner's character is like trying to stay clean. And then maybe he doesn't. I won't ruin it for uh, you. Okay. And he's so fantastic. Like, that's the thing that's crazy. Like, Brian, he's, people think of him as Kevin. Like, he was in, um, very smart guy. He was in Minnesota. I think in Minneapolis, but there was a theater that he was, like for 15 years, he did plays 
blah, 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 all that stuff. Then he comes to L.A., and literally within, like, four months, he's on The Office. It's really kind of funny. You know, but he's a very versatile, very versatile guy. Um, he's not just Kevin. But Macy was so great, and that was such a fun thing to get to do. And it's just a... Uh, and yeah, and then I, I showed up there in the, that whatever the next season with the kid with the. I don't want the them babies. anymore. You take them. Yeah. <laughs> your kids, you take kids, them. She took off on them. <laughs> Ma- uh, Macy sweet. seems like he played because I went into starting Shameless after seeing Wild Hogs first. So when I think of him, I think of like you know this nerdy guy with the apple tattoo and all that. So I'm just like, wait, he's you know like drunk. You still haven't watched Boogie Nights, have you? I haven't seen Boogie Nights. Oh, oh Little Jesus Bill. I, I haven't. Oh, but, so Nights going into is... Shameless, he plays the perfect yeah. drunk. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the perfect just, but he's so manipulative and almost kind of charming in a way. Like he's and it, great with And words. as someone that's been through it, grew up around addiction and everything else, it is so incredibly believable because there's a common trait of becoming a chameleon and knowing manipulation, not because you are intentionally a piece of shit and, and malicious, You're it's, just trying it's to get because it's your survival method. Yeah. And we just as humans have a way to fulfill our needs. And it's unfortunate that for some of us, it's addiction that is filling that as opposed to good, proper, you know, things and it's, stuff of that nature. It is such a well-done and written character uh, to yeah. a T. And I've only seen, you know, a dozen episodes of it or whatever, but and they're all, God, they're all great. They're all great in that show. It's really why when you just, just like the word addiction, I was like, just thinking like, there's the greatest addiction yeah, on the planet, yeah. like everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and it's... it's uh, yeah, our, our technology definitely can be. It's just so wild. And it's, I mean, I see it with myself. Um, although I haven't once during this reached reach for that. Um, but it's funny, you're just so programmed. Yeah. And you just, I mean, looking up... Uh, you know, Wake whatever, up, like check your nothing. phone. Every two seconds, it's, check your yeah. phone. Every commercial break, yeah. check your phone. It's crazy. It's yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. And it's, and you just... It, and it's, uh, and I mean... I guess it can be anything, shopping, whatever, news, people, people you know. It's For me, just, it was more people, you know, so it was, uh, you know, codependency. I mean, this poor guy's heard my stories of relationship stuff, but it's a, it was definitely people and that validation, and I think that's why I have to curb myself with my phone is like, oh, that photo I post, oh, how sweet, you know, and I'm not like, oh, this chick wants me. It's like, oh, I got nice words, you know, and looking for that validation and, you know, so it's, it's, it makes, it's interesting. I mean, it makes sense. It's hard, it's hard to, I mean, it's better to not necessarily need it, but it's a nice feeling. Sure. You know, and it's easy to, um, it's got to, I mean, kids, it's got to be so, like Morgan, you know, or whatever, like she, or, or Benny, you know, it's like these teenagers and Instagram and all, it's mm-hmm. just got to be so, I mean, in every fuck up is right there yeah. on, I mean oh yeah you can't well and people are so damn critical because uh, you know they forget how important failure is to just growth in life in general you know like I said someone in recovery relapses they happen um, and they have happened uh, you know it's learning from that situation why did they happen what spiked it what uh, for me it's it's uh, toxicity with people you know someone that, that craved that for so long it's like now i gotta avoid it so you know you see that you know and i worry about that with my kids my son who's got uh, asperger's autism spectrum he can give oh. two shits whereas my daughter you know she's got the conversation going with the friends and stuff that i that i can monitor but i worry for 
you know, how it creates their self-esteem or that they're letting it create their self-esteem. Yeah, and it's yeah. such a different damn day and age when it was, you know, hey, let's get out there, play some football. And, and you know, hey, we get knocked down, we get up, we learn, we grow. And it's such a different and weird way of play that goes on in how we expand ourselves. Because everyone's under a microscope, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, is, is your son, is, does he have it in a significant way, Asperger's? He is so incredibly high-functioning. But, huh. but uh, if, if, let's say, you know, I know your youngest is probably a couple years older than him, he would be more prone to sit and talking with you and the missus, and he would want to go into politics and world facts. He's very switched on. and Oh, my God. Yeah. That's wild. He'll, wow. he'll sit and he will, you know. So he's 11 or he's 7? He's 11. 11, that's 12, right. 11 and 12, your daughter's uh, 12, yeah. Well, we're recording now. We're recording actually one week away from my birthday, less than a week, but his is the 20th of August. So, mm. um, yeah. But, uh, and a really happy birthday to both of you. Well, thank you. But, uh, yeah, I switched on, man. And it's, you know, it's... Uh, it's a trip. It was. A, it's a challenge, but hey, that's just life, you know. It's just life. So, yeah, it's wild. It's uh, there's obviously a lot, a lot of that, or it feels like there's a lot more of that in the world these days than, but maybe, maybe not. You know, maybe it's just it's identified. I think um, the uh, the, I think there's a lot of love and acceptance. It's just not. Uh, it's not publicized. It doesn't make money. It doesn't hit the news. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's an unfortunate thing is that, that negativity just by the nature of the way our brains work for protection and fight and flight mode we just gravitate it towards it more that's like you know Mikey that's a, and myself really uh, anxiety being driven up or whatever it is and, you know so for me it's it's kind of like man if I can help one person start on the path to healing while I'm on it and do it without hypocrisy because like I said, you know, relapses happen and, you know, these things oh, and you try to, yeah, you know, focus with it or if it's anxiety or, you know, like before we started recording, I want to show people that, hey, you could have stayed where you're at, but you said, I have this thing and it's working for my family and everything, but this acting, that that's really my passion because you only get this one go around as, as yeah, Andy yeah. and so it's like, all right, I got to do this shit. I mean, it sounds like, you know, you had an amazing supportive wife who, who had tools to help you excel yeah, at that exactly. as well. I mean, exactly. what, a, what a blessing of opportunities. Yeah. So, I have a common question that I got messaged when you were posted. The Office movie, will that ever happen in our lifetime? Yes. No. I don't oh. <laughs> no. You, uh, my stomach just dropped. You heard like, it here first. <laughs> no. You yeah, heard it um, here first. KDD Media. That's when you, that's when you do the Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, that's interesting. I, like, I, I have no idea. Okay. A, now I'm like 500th on the list of who's going to find out. I do send a daily email to Greg and Steve. Hey, let's do that thing. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> do uh, it, they've man. never do, answered. That would no. be huge if The Office made a movie. Entourage did it. You know, they had great successful seasons going and they made a movie. It was great. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's, didn't they make two movies or they just made one? Two movies. They did make two, yeah. Um, did they make two? I think I they. I, I can't remember. I feel like they actually made I, two. I feel like they made two as well. But I, and like the second one, there were allegedly problems because like somebody wanted more money, blah, blah, right. blah. Like the first one happened fairly smoothly because Wahlberg said, You're fucking doing it. Right. <laughs> You're doing it. <laughs> or whatever. Hey, In his gigantic down. arms. Yeah. Hey, I did 500 push Don't make today. me. You're going to do as I tell you to do. He, he's, I follow him on Instagram. 
holy crap. Like, he'll get do those things where he's doing push-ups and his feet are on the balance ball. Oh, yeah. And he'll just uh, yeah. do, like, you know. Well, he's like, like, wake up, get after it. And I'm just like, no. Inspire <laughs> to be better. <laughs> Look at your workout. Inspire to be better. That's his, that's <laughs> no, his thing. No, I'm going to stumble out of bed. Like, I'm going to have some coffee. What you're doing. I'm going to blow my nose. Yeah, I would need a trip to the ER if I attempted uh, His schedule, like, he's up at 3.30 working out. By four. It's, the guy's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. And, you know. Savvy guy, but uh, I, I, uh, I've asked, I've asked uh, a couple of the writers uh, about it, and um, they really, I think they're, they had really thought. Well, he had this one. He had really thought about it. And he's like, yeah, if we do it, we got to figure it out. Like, you know, it couldn't be Scranton, so it'd have to be another branch. And he was talking about like the show, sure, not just a movie. And um, so he had really thought about it. And he said, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it'll ever happen. I, we haven't quite figured it out yet, and I don't know if Greg Daniels wants to do it. He might. I have no idea. Uh-huh. I don't know if Steve wants to do it. You know, it's – and then if you if you pursue it without without them. So I – How know, well would it do? Because Jim left too. He went to Athlete. He so left be, and Ed left. You know, I mean, it was so – Ed left, right? He took a dump on your car. So, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that for a yeah. second. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, so it's – so you – like may, but I know like certain people. Like certainly, NBC wants to make it happen, and I, you know, I'm. I, I mean, certainly, much of the cast would want to do it. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I okay. mean, it was such a good like wrap up to a show, it, though. Cause well, Ed left, some, so I'll give you my card. It's easy, <laughs> dude, easy. So dude, I'll take in Ed Helm's spot. There we go. Uh, Problem solved, people. Who's this tattooed bastard? You can mm-hmm. cover it with makeup. Yeah, makeup. Uh, I, yeah, it had such a good closing to it too. That it was just sweet. It was that kind of family. It did. It ended, it ended and, really well. Yeah. You know, so a deep and, amount of love. And yeah, and I think that that was that was great. You like Greg? He announced that it was the last. He said this is going to be the last season. So he was able to utilize the whole yeah. um, whole season to to wrap things yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, that was so great that I got to be part of that. It was it was. Uh, I mean, I was like, "Oh man, this is awesome!" I yeah, to, and and that that other show, The Lion Game, was still going mm-hmm. then, so there were definitely more episodes that I was supposed to be in, um, but I just I, w- I was in Texas, and they you know they let me go and do some of them, but they're like, "Hey, Buckley, like you're on our show, like you know yeah. we we, we got to do our show. Yeah, you can you can do some of them." Um, and you know, like people, it was I mean, it was certainly a great position to be in, sure, like, you know, sure. getting to which is. Um, and then that's what ultimately led to us getting to buy this thing. That it was a, it was like a good couple of years because of that. And, that's uh, awesome. Rapid fire, Mikey. Okay, Let's do it. rapid fire. I will uh, wrap some of these uh, wrap this up here with Andy, and we appreciate it. We've been hanging out here for a couple hours. So. Fifty one fifty. The one I always like to ask is uh, if you could have dinner with anyone alive or has passed away, who would it be and why? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Oh, it's crazy. I mean, I get so funny. I guess it would be it's so silly. I guess it would be. I mean, my father is alive. He has Alzheimer's, unfortunately. Oh, um, and my mother passed away like Sorry. ten years ago. But it's funny. I guess I would. I would say like now, if I were me at this age, you know, with them when they were my age, that would be that would be great. Yeah. Um, but separate separate of that, um, like I. Uh, it's fine. I'd, I'd love to have dinner with Alan Alda. As crazy as that really? sounds, like I, I just, he just, I'd, you know. No, not at all. You know, not at all. Um, um, 
it would have been fun to meet Elvis. I got yeah. to see Elvis when I was really? 12. I, my dad was a big Elvis fan, so about five months before he passed away. Um, I know I should be saying something, you know, I should be saying something like more, That's our, we no, more meaningful. No, we, 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 we had, have all over the place. We had Lamar Odom on and he threw out Jesus at us and we were like, whoa, okay. I was like, know. well, that beats my, I was going to say Robert De Niro, but uh, when you say that, it kind of makes me look like a jackass. Yeah, you De Niro, surface you know? bastard. <laughs> yeah, right? So, yeah. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. It's Hal, Hal, uh, Hal Ashby would have been fun. Mm-hmm. He's, he made so many great movies. I don't know, just because he seemed like he'd I mean, be I, if George it, Carlin would have been. George oh Carlin, God, God I, how great would have been? Yeah, have dinner, just sit and listen. If you could pick two, and, a, and you could have him and Richard Pryor at the same time, who I think still, f- for my taste, and I get artist subjective, I, the, the greatest comedian, stand-up comedians ever, yeah, yeah. Pryor and Carlin. Yeah, you know, there was a wild video someone just sent around um, on the Twitter. And it's one of Carlin's bits, and it's and it's talking about how people, they, these corporations, these politicians, they don't care about you. And then it's, you know, it's, I, I think it's, uh, I don't know that it's specifically like an anti-Trump thing. I think it's just like yeah. anti-politicians, yeah, like anti-corporation sort of a thing. And it's just sort of a, a wild uh, thing to see, and then to hear his voice, and it's like, holy crap, this is 30 years ago, and he's pretty spot on, or 40 years ago, right. you know? I mean, that's the thing. Those guys are so uh, ahead of their time, you know. Like Robin Williams was, like, you know, so Robin Williams, yeah. not necessarily politically common, but just like, where's this guy from? Yeah, yeah. Um, they were, they, 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 but yeah, like Carl and pioneers, Pine. like no other. Yeah, yeah. What balls, Mikey? You got one? If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Anyone I, in the I world? I think it would be that I'd want to fly. That's I, my yeah. son asked me that. Like my nine-year-old's like. Like, I, I, I don't know, that seems pretty good. Just because of going through security is such a pain in the ass. Just, I, I, it's just, I don't know, it seems like it'd be kind of cool. It'd be cool to fly. What was that one? Somebody once said, like, my superpower? That every time I reached into my pocket, there would be a $50 bill. Uh, you know. <laughs> all, this, just, all this money. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. Kind of funny. There you go. With my kids, like, I realized how cool. I used, you know, Spider-Man's. Awesome. I'm now like a Batman fan. Like all these. Oh, uh, that's me. They're all great. But I guess flying, I guess that would be it. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a weak one. <laughs> no. Yeah. When I think of it, I think of flying, being invisible, or teleporting. Those are the uh, only three. I personally would pick teleporting. Mine's healing people. Oh. oh. Mine's healing people. Oh, look, there you, you go. Dick. Lamar Odom over here. <laughs> Jesus. You that's right. Dick. You know, <laughs> I, saw, I saw him. It Dancing with the Stars, and I felt it was. I happened to be there the night that he got booted. I felt so bad because you just saw what a God the guy's trying so hard. Yeah. yeah, just what a good guy. He's got a kind heart. We when we spoke with him, you can you tell know, it is. You yeah, know. and I mean that shit's. E- I I can see how easy it is to fall into oh yeah i mean my god you're a yeah. freaking basketball star and your bank account you're a laker you know you're basketball, a laker. but you're a laker and yeah. that's what he said he goes being a laker is it, it's like it's a being whole a rock star you yeah. know what i mean everybody anything is at your disposal women drugs all of that it's just right it's there very you can just uh, and I, I it's funny i wonder like it's these young these like you know young movie stars or you know whatever mm-hmm. athlete i mean it's just so you got to be so focused to sort of not get sidetracked yeah. by that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and I, so many of us, I think, that seek out art often of some sort is, uh, you know, we're trauma-filled 
individuals and so it's become our coping mechanism yeah and so then when certain things flood in i know for me people go oh you know with my story it's like oh did you you know did you start drinking at a young age no it's about 20 23 when i really ever even had like my first like you know got shit housed threw up kind of experience and i don't think it really set in and probably really bad for about another three years after that you know and struggled yeah. with it for about 15 years it's weird you just you just don't know and so with art or you know for lamar odom like he was saying when his mom died at 12 from from colon cancer you know he had his grandma and that goddamn basketball in his words and yeah. so you know it's these things that you do and you throw yourself into and and you know as you said with anything the acting you couldn't be where you've been able to achieve if you went half-assed it's got to be a thousand percent and you and, and you, you know, know you, you also like acting like, you know you, you need a little life seasoning yeah you know it's like you know you got your and i and, and i mean i've said i'm like, exceptionally exceptionally lucky it's also like it's funny my wife used to say you know you're not going to get hired until you're like 40 you know you're not like some young super funny guy or, or the wacky guy and you're not like you know Rob Lowe or whatever um, to speak to a guy who's like like how about him yeah. 30 years he's been doing it, he's yeah. still going strong yeah um, I worked with him one time I've, I've known him personally I used to play basketball with him years and years ago um, he was always a nice guy and then I got to work with him one time on the West Wing and it was it was like he had a freaking two page monologue that they had just good like you know they just he had just finished uh, Aaron Sorkin had like just finished it and sent it down and like he was awesome yeah like, I, I was like holy crap this is he's like this is a lot of shit that he's yeah you know, it took him a couple takes you know but only a couple um and like I'm sure he works his nuts off to stay look I mean a guy looks fantastic sure you know but then also like to just keep relevant uh, but he's he's a funny guy um, but like you know, a lot of young handsome guys around that last if they even get a shot at it, sure. they only last a few years or five or ten. Or I mean, the guy just keeps going, and then Parks and Rec, and then the West Wing, and then this, you know, Code Black. I think one of those shows he's on. Oh, he's on the new. He's on the new nine one one. Oh right. He's like I don't know nine one one Texas. Or I, don't, yeah. I don't know what it is. But. <laughs> we'll just move it around. You know, yeah. 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 Work for CSI. We can do it with this. Exactly. Why not? And people love the crime and related stuff. Exactly. You know? It's got the huge draw. That was I got to do one of those nine one ones. I got cut in half. Oh, no. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I'm, I'm riding a motor. I'm like going through a midlife crisis, and uh, I get a motorcycle and I get a big Harley, and it's like, man, this is awesome. And I'm calling my, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna show my son, and that I'm like, I still got it or whatever, and, and I'm cruising along, and there's this cute girl sort of looking at me, and then I just get like, freaking blindsided, and and I literally get cut in half, and they like you know special effects it, and, and I guess if you get cut in half, it's possible that you stay alive for a minute or two. Oh, holy shit! So I, that's news to me. <laughs> I, I had like a phone call with my son. Just a tearjerker phone call. Oh you know? gosh! And then I die. But uh, it's amazing what it takes to put all those shows together. It's yeah, just nuts. I can't even imagine. Yeah. But, well, Andy, if there's one thing you could kind of say, if you know, there's going to be lots of fans of your work listening. That um, I got it. it. Go ahead. You really got to be kind to yourself. Uh, I guess you really got to give yourself a break. And, and it's quite, I, know, I don't know who said it first, but I know Quincy Jones said it once that, hey, everybody's 
always doing their best. You know, like even if it doesn't seem it, like, and I always have to remember that, like, whether it's, you know, family members you're dealing with and like, why can't he get his shit together? Or why can't, you know, I have to remind myself of that. But then, but then that thing of, uh, I guess if you start with yourself and you're, if you're kind to yourself and forgiving of yourself to yourself, A, it, it spreads and I, I, you know, you remember to be that way with other people because life is freaking hard, yeah. huh? I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, that's the thing and, you yeah. know, it's a... Uh, and we forget that, that that everybody who is, you know, they're in their shoes and it's hard for everyone in a different way. Yeah. And we forget to, to, we lose our humanity sometimes. Yeah, it's really, uh, you know, Lamar Odom's got his, we have ours, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Carmen, you know, freaking Peyton Manning's, whatever he's dealing yeah, with, you sure. know, like, I don't know, just to pick a, sure, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, let alone someone who's dealing, and, and I luckily have not. I have friends who've had uh, addiction struggles, and it's great. Two of them specifically have, like, well, God, one was a heroin addict, and he's changed his whole life around. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's amazing. It's amazing to see. The human ability to really snap out and turn ourselves around it's is so phenomenal. Hard. It's phenomenal. Because it's, yeah. I had a therapist who's, you know, it's like, it's hard to change. Most people, like, people can't. Like, it's, it's so difficult to, like, change as you get, you know, your patterns it's uh i mean even the patterns i have like whatever like yeah. Yeah, i get mad at my son well that I, I should really should change that pattern but it's especially like major things like uh big addictions that could lead yeah. to your i mean it's just well so you hard. see situations and relationships like oh my goodness why do they keep choosing the same kind of person which i've done codependency sure, yeah, there yeah. and you know different trauma things and it, it, it it's just it really is Humanity is fascinating, so. And it's great, like when you can get help or when you can let yourself get help or go to meetings or talk to therapists or talk to friends who have been there, it's, uh, it's fantastic. It's, yeah. uh, and it's, it's really a weight off your shoulders. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really wild, you know, yeah. when you can let yourself do that, you realize, oh, I, you know, thank God I just was able to admit whatever the heck you know it really is the stepping into the light moment and that you can continue to live there too yeah you know and that's that's that can be the scary thing but it's good yeah and it it feels better and it's so easy to get into patterns of negativity like we're you know even if it's the negative thinking or it's uh shit it can go on for years and years but then it can change yeah as, you know as you can speak to yeah gotta rewire your shit it's just you know? the way it is. Uh, cut the blue wire, reattach the green wire. Stuff will start switching yeah. up. And it just takes one little thing at a time. And it ta- For yeah, anyone. It takes a little while to turn the boat, or turn the ship. But yeah, yeah that, God, how great is it two years after the fact? And you're like, oh my God, that's where I was two yeah. years ago. And yeah. Yeah. You know, here's where I am now. Yeah. Mr. Naraki, anything else? That's it. Mr. That Andy. It. Just wanted to thank you for your time. Thank you for having us. Thank you for your time. This was yeah. this was great. Of course, what a yeah. blast. Yeah. No, likewise. I enjoyed this immensely. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll be able to speak with you again when this stuff opens up. You know. Yeah. We, uh, I know. I won't be so <laughs> conscious of like. Hey, no. You know. We get it, man. We get it. <laughs> We're man, with you like, too. So. Yeah. No, it's just such a weird. This guy time. at the hotel. Hey, did you put your fucking towels around your it's pillows? Like these beds are comfortable. You know? I'm like, like tight. Wrap your towels. What? What do you mean? Put 
or wrap your pillows, put towels on them. Oh, bring a blanket, shit. throw that on. Don't trust their blankets. See, I don't need to have anxiety because I got his anxiety. Well, I solved the whole place right when I got there. I solved this, I solved that. Uh, I'm glad to hear it. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna report that to my report. Let her know he didn't and I did. <laughs> what are you talking about? Kidding. I wiped my room I down. Made sure he didn't he did. need to. I made he sure. didn't need to because yeah. you were. That's I got right. your anxiety. I got your back. Uh, Andy Buckley, thank you very much oh, for welcoming oh, us into your no, home. My, my pleasure. Thank you very much. The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. What a great guy. Just a solid dude. Yeah. Just a solid dude. And you know what I took from it too is um, you have to get out of your comfort zone to do something great. You know, yes. rather than just getting by, yes. working a nine to five, just getting a paycheck, not necessarily living paycheck to paycheck, or in fact, living paycheck to paycheck. He just kind of proved that you you need to get out of your comfort zone you got to do something that's you know going to take a risk that's going to be bold and look at him now beautiful house los angeles great family doing his thing now and yeah and that's for each and every one of us so if you are someone of a background of addiction someone you know maybe it's codependency some trauma stuff and and just those repeating patterns is again like you said mikey that's the takeaway i got from it and i even tried to convey to to Andy, when we were talking to him, is no matter what it is, you've got to be bold enough. You've got to put in the work. You, at the end of the day, it all falls upon us. We can have all the help in the world, but if we're not prepared and we don't take on that bold move to change our ways, then our life will never change for, for us. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, you know, your odds of winning the lottery slim to none uh you know there there is no uh prince charming on the white horse so to speak Mm -hmm. you know no matter what it's it's the way you interpret you take everything in and getting back what you give out and uh, just a great guy hopefully we could talk to him again i would love to talk to him again i think it'd be great and like i said uh it was just he's just a great person i think you know meeting up would be fantastic yeah every office lover's dream (laughs) well we thank you guys for listening don't forget we're on the apple podcast app where you can leave us a five-star rating and a review it helps us move up the charts also on the google podcast app spotify you can go to stitcher as well as the iheart radio app and search knocking doors down under the podcasts on all of those and of course at kddmediacompany.com slash podcast and hey while you're there Pick up Carlos Vieira's book, Knocking Doors Down, all about his cocaine addiction. Uh, a lot of the stories in there, it reads like a movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we highly recommend it. You can get a hardback, paperback, and ebook. And uh, it's a good, quick read, but it's inspirational. It shows how what worked for him may not work for everyone, but that you can work the steps. You can do the process. You can figure out what's for you. You can even sometimes tell people that may love you 
that uh, you have to take the bold move again and just say, I've got to do this for me in my way, no matter who is or isn't supporting it. And at the end of the day, it's all uh, being selfishly unselfish. That's right. And, of course, if you want to know what the, that one kind of generated from, well, go listen to Lamar Odom in the archives. He talked about Kobe Bryant. Of course, uh, got uh, Carmen Electra out there still, too, getting a lot of great feedback on that. She talks about codependency and many other things. My boo. That's my boo. <laughs> Uh, you know, everyone from Scott Stapp. And if you want a really insightful episode from an expert who not only grew up with a childhood of addiction and trauma, but also now is helping the youth stay off of drugs and dealing, dealing with the traumas and stuff that they're going through, listen to the Chris Jensen episode. Oh, yeah. Pass it along to a friend, anyone that is struggling, anyone that's been through it. Trust me, you are going to get a lot out of that. All right, Mikey, anything else? That is it. We will see you next week. Keep knocking doors down. Knocking doors down. Real people, real stories, real life. Real discussions of life struggles including addiction, relationships, finances, and more. But even more importantly, living with them, overcoming them, and conquering them. Celebrities, experts, and everyday people talk about how they were able to break through whatever life handed them by knocking doors down. New podcast episodes are available every Thursday. Subscribe now on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, or at kddmediacompany.com. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the knocking doors down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.